of a drug that everybody here just trying to get a taste of You a waste of the space that you take up living This time around I'm not kidding I had an intuition about these women in suspicion Got me looking at shit different how What's going on? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back again to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida in the good old US of A. Oh boy. I I don't. Fuck. 6 0. Absolute disgrace. 6 fucking 0. And if. If the six, if we, uh, I don't have a problem with us losing. I, I don't. Not to say that I have a, like, I enjoy when this team loses. I don't enjoy that shit. I'm a sore loser. I'm a sore ass loser. When my team loses, when I lose a competition, I am not well. I'm not well for a couple of hours, for a couple of days. I, I get sick to my stomach. But if, for example, if I'm playing against LeBron James in basketball, if I'm good at, get into the ring with, or the octagon with whatever UFC fighter, and I absolutely get my ass handed to him, to me, which... Is to be expected because these are professionals and I, and I'm in a sport in an arena where I'm not a professional. I, I don't have a problem with that. Provided that I walk out of that situation knowing I did the best that I possibly can do. Same goes for the sport team, sports teams that I follow. I don't have a problem with Chelsea. Losing a match. Can't win them all. Can't win every game. Provided that I feel like the players, the manager, has done everything possible to get a victory. And too many times this season, I feel like that's not the case. That is not the case. So, we'll just start there. Um, on today's podcast, I get I have a I interview Yannick Yannick on Chelsea. Um, if you guys don't know who he is, he hosts his own Chelsea podcast, and uh, we had a phenomenal conversation, phenomenal conversation. Uh, so you guys will enjoy that. That's coming on. Uh, you guys will hear the the interview after. You know how I do. So. Before we get into that, the Chelsea match, shit, what happened this weekend? Last night, there was a UFC event, um, Anderson Silva versus Israel Adesanya, uh, what, got promoted from the co-main to the main event down in Australia because the champion, Robert Whitaker, had to pull out of the title fight 
from the main event because he had a hernia. You had fucking Kelvin Gastelum walking around with the belt as, you know, cringy as fuck. Why? I don't understand this. These guys swear Colby Covington, guys like Kelvin Gastelum, guys like, you know, even Tony Ferguson. But Tony Ferguson has crossed over. But, you know... If your personality isn't big, if you're not somebody that's comfortable talking on the mic and being witty, like Chill, like Conor McGregor, it comes off as cringy, as fucking weird, and you get you don't get the response that you intended on. And I get it; these fighters, they gotta do what they gotta do to sell fights to 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 elevate their status. I get it. I get it, bro. It's a business, man. I get it. However, it's just like, dude, you, you can go about it the wrong way. And, and and Kelvin's logic. So, like, if you guys didn't watch the event, Kelvin Gastelum, who was supposed to fight Robert Whitaker for the 185-pound title, for the middleweight title, Robert Whitaker pulls out a few hours before the fight because he has a hernia. Then Kelvin just... Starts parading around and doing interviews as if he is the champion. As if he beat Robert Whitaker. And his logic and his reasoning for calling himself the champion is, be- is well, I showed up to a fight. He forfeited uh, the fight, so that makes me the winner. So he's walking around with the belt, giving interviews. And it's cringy as fuck. It's like that same logic. Uh, I, you know, I can apply it myself. I've been DMing uh, DC, Daniel Cormier, the UFC heavyweight champion. And I've given him a deadline of 24 hours to respond. If he doesn't respond to me, then he forfeits his belt. And now I am the UFC heavyweight champion. Same thing with John Jones. Same thing with all of them. For Kelvin himself. I've, I've DMed all of them. And if they don't respond to me in 24 hours, it's my belt. Get the fuck out of here. Stupid ass. What kind of logic is that? And that's what I'm talking about. These fighters, just people in general, like, it, when, when, you, when you are not in your lane, when you get out of your lane and you try to be somebody you're not, it is so obvious. It is so obvious to the outside world. And it, and it makes you look like an asshole. Makes you look like an asshole. So, but other than that, the fight, the card was pretty good, man. The card wasn't, it wasn't full of stars. It wasn't full of, you know, up and coming talent within the UFC. It was, you know, it was a card for the hardcore fans. How How people like to call it, you know. If you're not a hardcore fan, you may not know who Lando Venata is and why you would be excited to see him fight. You may not, you know. Uh, somebody like Sam Alvey, even Sam Alvey, you look at him, you're like, who the fuck is this redheaded dork? But you don't know Sam Alvey fucking knocks people dead and he should be respected even with his 
smile, smiling Sam Alvey. Don't get it twisted. He'll knock, he knocks guys out dead cold. So, you know, it was, overall it was a halfway decent card. Halfway decent card. Um, tons of finishes. Yeah, it wasn't ex- too many exciting. It was a halfway decent. It was okay. It was okay. Everybody was there. Everybody was underst- understood what you were there for. You were there for the main event, Robert Whitaker, Kevin Gastelum. And you were there for the co-main event, Anderson Silva versus Israel Adesanya. And let's take a minute to talk about that. Before I say anything further about this fight, Anderson Silva is and will always will be, in my opinion, in my book, first, my favorite fighter of all time. Second, the greatest fighter of all time. What Anderson Silva was capable of doing back in his prime was, in my opinion, things that we'll never see in the octagon again. The way he would put guys into what I like to call a quote-unquote the matrix and outstrike them, outthink them, and just absolutely dominate guys. I don't think we'll see that in the UFC ever again, man. It's going to be a while. Anderson Silva might be up there with you know Bruce Lee with these guys that uh with the Gracies as one of the most important martial artists to ever exist one of the great I should say not important because the Gracies Bruce Lee their importance is on a different level but as far as greatness like because of this human we are forever changed Anderson Silva's right up there, man. Might be the greatest, um, arguably one of the greatest martial artists ever, or the greatest martial artist ever. And that's who he is in my eyes. So you have him stepping into and, and and I'll tell you guys right now, like every every single time I see Anderson Silva is scheduled to fight, first I get nervous as hell. I get sick to my stomach. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I'm not going to try to explain it. I just do. I I don't want him to fight anymore. I feel like he should retire. Um, but I, I he's my favorite. You know. Um, I don't. I I feel like he should have retired. Shit. He should have retired after after the Bisping fight. After the DC fight. Hell, after... After the Nick Diaz fight, I feel like he should have retired. Nothing else you got to prove, man. Go out on top. Go out on top. Nothing else to prove. So, that's who Anderson Silva means to me. And he had him last night fighting against Israel Adesanya, who is amongst the next up-and-coming elite of the elite guys that we're going to be watching for the next 10 years. Israel Adesanya out of New Zealand, uh, Nigerian uh, by, by uh, what is it, Nigerian, his roots are Nigerian. He's a part of the next Nigerian wave that has taken over the UFC uh, in an MMA or African wave. Because you got uh, Francis Ngannou in there as well. So, 
And I was terrified for Anderson Silva last night. I knew that it could have gone really bad really fast for Anderson Silva because Anderson at times has gotten punched and touched. He's gotten touched up. And the older he gets, the more and more and more he gets touched up. And Israel Adesanya can absolutely touch up anybody and put anybody out in that weight class. He's just that goddamn skilled. So I was afraid for Anderson. And rightly so. And rightly so. And shit. Israel caught Anderson with some big shots. Rocked him. Got him on wobbly. I wouldn't say wobbly legs. But he he stunned Anderson in the first round of the fight. Caught him clean with a right hand. Right on the jaw. Bang. Stunned him. And... And I was terrified, but fuck, Anderson, even at 40-something years old, is still doing the damn thing. Israel tried, tried, tried. They were both, Israel's very respectful. Uh, this fight was very emotional for him. You could see it in the um, in the weigh-ins leading up to this fight. He was, he was not shy about speaking on what and who Anderson Silva is to him. And man, he he was in there. He he, I, there was a concern that Israel was going to show too much respects to Anderson Silva, but I don't think watching the fight, I didn't think so. I didn't think that he was holding back, pulling punches because of he because he was fighting his idol. I I, I don't believe that at all. So ultimately, um, I, over three rounds, I think the judges called it uh twenty nine, twenty eight. 30-27, uh, for Israel Adesanya, um, and ultimately, like, I, it was a good fight, it was a perfect fight, in my opinion, Anderson Silva did not get hurt, he had a nice mouse under his eye, he had a swollen eye, looked like Rocky Balboa, uh, but other than that, he wasn't really, didn't really suffer any big injury. Uh, that that I know of as of right now, and I hope, man, I hope the UFC gives him his fight in uh, Curitiba coming up in Brazil in his hometown, and he's able to ride off into the sunset after that, man, because he doesn't have to prove shit to anybody anymore, nobody, nobody. That man is the greatest of all time. Nobody will come close. Nobody in the UFC right now will ever sniff Anderson's jockstrap uh, on how how amazing he is. He just puts people in the matrix. That the the fight. I encourage you guys to watch the Forrest Griffin fight, watch the Stephen Bonner fight, watch watch the Nate Marquardt fight, the Chris Lieben fight, Dan Henderson. These are all legendary fights where you just see what he does to these guys. And he's not fighting tomato cans. He's not he's not fighting bums. He's fighting the best in the world and he's making them look stupid, silly. The James Irvin fight. James Irvin was talking all this shit when Anderson Silva was old. You think 185, you can come up to 205. This is the new weight class. I'm going to send you back down to 185. And 
that fight was over in like 15, 20 seconds, something like that. And James Irvin threw a stupid kick. Anderson caught it, sent a right hand right down the middle, punched and popped uh, uh, James Irvin right in the mouth, put him down. One, two, three, out. Ground and pound, a couple punches on ground and pound, out, out of there. And that's what he does, man. So... Anderson Silva last night, unbelievable. I mean, Anderson Silva's career, unbelievable. Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. Nobody close. Nobody close. Until a fighter can put other fighters, the highest level fighters, into the matrix like Anderson did, nobody's better. At least in my book. So what else, man? What else? I'm just... Fuck, man. 6-0. Six, zero. Six goddamn zero. I hope this is rock bottom for this club. I really do. I hope that the board, sorry, the players have a come to Jesus moment. That's a term where, you know, enough is enough. No more bullshit. I don't know if there's other terms out there than other cultures and languages that that kind of relates. But here in the States, it's, it's called when you hit rock bottom, when you can take no more. It's called a come to Jesus moment. So I hope the club has that and see that, you know, sorry's the guy and he needs to be backed. Sees that these players are not it. These players got to go. These players have to go. Have to go. Ross Barkley has to go. Alonzo has to go. Pedro, William have to go. The dead wood has to be moved on. Moved on. Bring in. Fresh blood, and, and and unfortunately, with this transfer man coming, we need. I mean, as Pep Guardiola famously said back in 2013, we need ten new players. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Ten new players. Ten. Uh, well, nine because Christian Pulisic is coming in the summer, so we need nine new players. Four of them are starters. Four of them are starters. Easy. If not more, five of them for starters. You know, who knows what it's going to, at the end of the season, what it's going to be like with Iguain. But we need to, this club needs to sort his shit out ASAP. And I am not opposed. Listen, um, what is it? River Plate in Argentina. They got relegated, got their shit together, and now they've been on fire for the last X amount of years. I think Juventus, I don't want to speak out of school here, but what didn't Juventus get relegated? And, you know, they haven't lost a a Serie A title since they've gotten back. So I'm not saying I want us to get relegated. By no means am I saying that. But I want this club to stop papering over the cracks to stop it this is now three managers that has complained about the players what are we gonna do we're gonna sack sorry we're gonna sack them today put in a new manager in the summer get another manager and that manager will have one window to get 10 new players and then hope that those are the right players because he then he has to deal with a two-year transfer ban I just want this club to be to be elite. I just want this club to play to play to its potential to be everything it can possibly be. 
and we're not right now but it is what it is man we'll continue supporting this club you guys know i'll continue being here supporting the club till the day i die i'm cfc till the day i die i'll always be here supporting my club and i know my majority of you guys will too so without further delay here's the interview i did with uh yannick awesome conversation awesome 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 i know you guys will enjoy it uh talk to you guys on the back end later go it's been about an hour if i've got something i want to get in i'll be like oh can i quickly just get this in? and then then we can wrap it up do you know what yeah, i mean so no it problem seems organic. yeah oh, yeah no no problem no problem um so like i said uh just 10 to 15 minute out well, if not, I've had it before it happened where the, the podcast, it just feels like we're coming to the end, especially after a loss. What was it? Who was it? With Jimmy. With Jimmy Funnel. We just mm. got to a point where it was just like, all right, like how much longer can you and I just bitch over a loss? Like, it's, yeah. it's just Although done. We got, we got, yeah, we got a lot of talking points here because I think this, it's not just the loss, is it? It's, it's about the whole club perspective and approach. And, you know, it's a test of the metal of the club now, how they react and how are they really willing to flex and, ultimately and not do a reaction sacking do you know what i mean so we've got a lot yeah. to get, get into yeah well, it's a lot here so all right yeah, let's do it all right <clears throat> let me close this and we are levels are good everything is good all right here we go forward three spit up my gum <laughs> yeah. all right here we go four three two one all right, what's going on, everybody? I am here with Yannick on Chelsea. Yannick, um, we just got our asses handed to a 6-0 by Manchester City at the Etty Empty Had, whatever you might call it, by Pep Guardiola, a.k.a. the Bald Fraud, a.k.a. he just whooped our ass 6-0. Yannick. Hashtag. Yeah, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag what the fuck is going on hashtag sorry in maybe okay well i tell you what christian thanks for having me on mate i know it's a difficult time for my debut but i'm, I'm i've appreciated the call up and i'm gonna try and play for the team um <laughs> heavy result uh from fraudiola himself which we can get into um yeah i tell you what man sorry in um I know we're going to get into the game, the result, the performances, the whole context of this historical loss. Let's like preface this with worst ever Premier League loss for Chelsea, uh, worst managerial loss for Sari. Let's remind people that he does not lose like this as well, generally. Uh, and yeah, dismal, man. Dismal for a whole load of reasons. But um, we've got a lot to get into, not just the, the team performance, but the whole context of how this just affects the club and the club's intentions with sorry and footballing philosophy man so yeah i'm looking forward to oscar getting into it and shooting the ship absolutely absolutely and i'm uh, happy and thankful that you come on so before the match today we were sitting in fourth place um fourth fourth, fourth. yeah, yeah fourth just. place um and we were ahead on goal differential um with Manchester United and Arsenal. We were ahead. Basically, we were ahead uh, on, on the table. And all we had to do was maintain our goal differential in the event of a loss. Mm, just to go fifth, yeah. To go fifth at worst. Mm. But luck will have it that um, we ended up six. Uh, 
because we lost by six. Uh, I don't uh, like Yannick. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like, thank God I'm a parent. Thank God you said, hey, let's pump the brakes on doing a immediate post match review because <laughs> it literally took the two hours that you said that hey, let's you know let's give ourselves a little breathing room here, not to be so reactive, and it took. Within those two hours of my son um, beating me up because I was the Hulk and he was Iron Man, um, mm-hmm. to 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 make me at least step away from the edge and and not necessarily rage so hard like I was willing and and ready to do on this podcast. I I don't even know. I, I don't even have necessarily all the vocabulary, all the words to, to describe how I'm feeling. I'm definitely mm. sorry, in. Mm. However, it's not... A few weeks back when he... Against our... Uh, against the Bournemouth match, where he came mm. out and he kept the players in for four hours and he said, you know, the players... It's their fault. They're not motivated. This group is hard to motivate. And I see his points when it comes to, on our first goal, Marcus Alonso not completely having his back turned to Bernardo Silva. Mm. Now, let's take a second there. If Marcus Alonso said, hey, Christian's out there. That guy fucking sucks. I can guard him with my eyes closed. I don't have anything to worry about. That'd be one thing. But you have Bernardo Silva, arguably the best Manchester City player this season, okay, out there playing the right wing. Mm. And he couldn't even be bothered to turn around, to guard him, to cover him. I get yeah. that. I get where Sari's frustrated and he say, look, that's a player right there that I'm telling him he needs to be motivated. He needs to get out there. He needs to get out there. I'm with it, man. That's all good. I get it. However, yeah. the problem is way before that. What the fuck is Marcus Alonso doing out there on the pitch? Dude. Okay, so yeah, my I've said this on my part a few times, and I've always echoed this sentiment. Um, Marcus Alonso became a bit of a cult hero at Chelsea under Conte because he had the sort of cover of, you know, well, in that system when he was a wing back, his uh, frailties weren't exposed, certainly as they are as a fullback now, and double certainly in Sari's football, Sari system, <clears throat> excuse me, he's like, I've always said this, he's like a striker, like a poacher striker, not even a poacher, he's like a slow striker that can head the ball where he's got a sweet left foot volley, can hit the ball where he's got an awesome free kick, he can do tap-ins in the box, but for some reason, he's playing as a fullback in a really high demanding system, the whole thing just seems so dumb to me, um, I don't, dislike Alonso I mean I don't I don't dislike any Chelsea player you know I, I wouldn't consider myself a proper fan if I if I felt like that agreed but it's a not it's it's difficult man because you look at Sarri and on paper the skill set of Emerson is um it's much better suited in terms of his pace his uh his general defending his um ability to beat a man one-on-one and is inter is interplay of other players so all all that on stuff on paper is like great and also he you know Prior to his injury in Italy, he's one of the best left backs in Italy. But if you look at the context of the situation, got slammed by Bournemouth. Um, and then you think of when we did beat City, 
in that 2 0 win at home, Alonso was playing, and you just think, um, but for me, if he was going to revert to type, he needed to start Kovacic and um, maybe, you know, I, d- I don't know what your thoughts on Barkley, but oh my god, but, but for um, for Alonso, Matt, I've got no problem with him. I feel like he served the purpose on the Conte, but it's definitely not the the. It's definitely not the left back for Sari. I mean, we've got plenty of time to talk to Sari, his project, his where they were getting the time, players, yada yada yada. But certainly this game, just like any other game, we've been fresh this season. It, it um it exposed his weaknesses, but you know, it doesn't stop with him, dude. Like, look at Emerson and the Bournemouth game. He played against Bournemouth in that four 0 loss. I think Emerson. It is a, it is a player issue. Uh, I mean. If you don't mind me going off on a little tangent here, go Christian. for it, go for it, go for it, because right. I'm, 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 bro. There's gonna be a few times where I'm gonna be on, I'm gonna be on, on, I'm, I'm gonna be raging. So go okay, for it, no man. Swear. Okay, well, let, let, okay, right. So in a time of difficulty like this, right? Conte is a great coach. He was a great, great coach. I remember, like, not. Just, I really liked him. I felt, I felt he needed to go. But I really liked him because he said great passionate things. He had Agreed. the sort of leadership. He had the leadership raw like qualities of I will always love this color. When his final press conference, he says I'll never change. Even though he fucking hated the board and Granite Sky and all that, he was like I will always love this color because he was jumping in with the fans. He was roaring, you know. He was like, and that's very Chelsea, you know. That's like your Lampards, your John Terry's, your Drogba's. Like that's kind of like almost embodied in a coach, like. JT's final speech, you know, he was chanting Antonio down the down the mic and stuff. Like Conte was the tailor. He saw his team was pretty pony or shit, rather. That's an English term that we use, pony. But it's uh, <laughs> it, it's no good, you know. And he was like, right, what can I do? What can I do? I'll revert to my system. But he made his system. He looked to Victor Moses and right, right. I can tailor you to make a system that can be effective right now in the Premier League. Now. That's pragmatism, and that's what Chelsea's done, and that's how we've won, really. I mean, bar Ancelotti with his success, that's generally how Chelsea have had all their success on under Roman Abramovich. But the, the club are trying to change that man, and that's for a few reasons. Firstly, being how many more like pragmatic coaches are there out there, um, and you can bring in. And I actually did a video, on, a short video on this, explaining how pragmatism isn't necessarily the way to go in the Premier League in its current climate and i used man city as an example of um what dictates great success currently in english football them you know high press fast passing um you know high possession basically in theory sari's football embodied that's what he does that's what he did at napoli that's why riga saki and pep guardiola and all these famous uh brilliant mind coaches love sari and have dinner with him because he does this like vertical tiki tacker and the way he wants to approach the game is like really refreshing so that that's theoretically what should be the approach in the premier league to be the best to win the premier league chelsea's ambition is always of late certainly last 10 15 years is to win the premier league and although we've had great success with this pragmatism another coach in that game might have switched or done this that and the other and it might have put a band-aid on um short term and stuff but the club thinking they can see the way football's developing the way the premier league is developing lower table teams can turn you over there's so much money in the blockbuster league now in the premier league they're like right we need to you know follow suit and and do what's uh, 
what seems to be successful in this high-tempo football. And let's not forget, dude, this is what Roman wants, or certainly always wanted. But, you know, so it's a testing time, bro. You know, did, did, like I said, the pragmatism might be running out. And, um, I mean, I'm sure you'd agree, and I'd like to get all your thoughts and opinions on it, dude, but, like, it, the right thing would be to give this coach some time. So do, do, you, do you think he'll get the time and I, I kind of want to ask you another question dude Go how do you it. think the players feel about sorry because when he arrived he spoke about nurturing the inner child and the joy of football and possession football and play on the field which is all the things you want to hear as a professional high profile player but how do you think they feel about him now like i know it's a lot to take on but i just want to give you a few <laughs> questions to go with dude well, first like i i applauded you're right this is Roman Abramovich famously, I mean, shit, like, I make, make no mistake about it. I came to this club uh, somewhere around 10 years ago. Um, mm. Right around, I should say right around the 2010 World Cup. That's when I really mm. started getting into the professional game. Uh, before that, I, I honestly, I, I raised my hand. I, I honestly believed that these guys would only get together every four years for the World Cup like the Olympics. Like, straight yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no yeah, yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea. Mm. So, um, throughout my time as a fan of Chelsea, I've only known this defensive, pragmatic style. However, I've always heard that this is not the way that Roman Abramovich wanted mm. his team to play. Right. So, when Sari came in, I said, all right, here it is, finally, uh, the guy that Roman, uh, a guy that Roman Abramovich um, can count on to bring the attacking style play to Stamford Bridge. No problem. However, it's you 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 can't ask ten years, uh, eight years, five years. I mean, hell, how long has Eden Hazard been playing with us? He all he's known is counterattacking defensive style managers. Then you have all of that washed out in six months. Seven months, however long Sorry has been there. So, I this is the part where I blame the board. Mm. The board from the get-go should have known that Marcus Alonso wasn't it. They wanted to bring in Sandro, and they shit the bed on that one. So, they brought Marcus Alonso in. Mm. So, like, sorry when he sits down and he says, this is my vision for the club... I don't understand. I don't. I don't know how that conversation gets had, and then you're squaring his vision with the player that you have in Marcus Alonso. I yeah, just, just. I don't understand that. No, that's cool. I do want to get your thoughts on how the players feel about Sorry, but I just wanted to, to put a pin in that for a second because I feel like the appointment of Sorry when they got him in, he did look at Chelsea. Obviously, De Laurentiis didn't want to release him before he got Ancelotti in. Uh, for Napoli, there because you know ninety-one points in Syria. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely ascended Napoli into madness, which is great. But he would have looked at Chelsea, you know, won the league, fifth FA Cup. Look at these players and think, you know what, there's a lot of talent there. But he would have tried to, like, again, in theory, in theory, sorry, ball at Napoli when being executed properly is lopsided. It's left heavy. It's left hand heavy. Um, and everyone knows it, all the opponents know it, but, but when it works completely well, they can relieve pressure by switching play on to the right, but it is a left-handed 
side uh, approach. Now, in theory, the right back tucks in a lot more to right centre back, and the left back almost comes out a bit more to left uh, wing back. And if you look at Aspi and Alonso, that's kind of what they were already doing under Conte. So he would have looked at that and be like, hmm, you know, like this might work. And he's got Eden Hazard, who can be like his. Even this nice senior, he can be like Dries Man. He would have looked at it and been like, okay, well, these are world class players, world cup winners. I'm sure I can do something here. But the 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 cold reality is um there's a lot of baggage that comes with these players, and because of the way that his football's being executed, he has learnt the hard way that no it, the combinations required for that left back is just not in Lalonzo's repertoire. He can't do these little one-twos with Hazard and, you know, the creative player on the left. Um, and he can't get back and he just can't really defend, you know. And um, when it's not a, a legitimate 3-4-3 three, three or 3-5-2 and he doesn't have the cover, he's so exposed. And these are all lessons that Sari learned on the way. So I feel like when he was appointed, he was appointed as a yes man because that's what the board wanted after Conte. They didn't want another guy to go to war with them after Jose and then Conte. Agreed. Yeah, so they were done with that. Sari didn't give a shit he was in he's in fucking wonderland man he's a banker who's got a big heart he calls himself a dreamer and he wants to play this beautiful football and he believes he can he works really hard he's got an intelligent mind and he just can't believe his luck he's managing chelsea fc if you look at the trajectory of his career he's not come to like bitch about the players which is you know maybe well it is it is right because otherwise he wouldn't have got the fucking job but like you see what i'm saying like so he would have looked at him but 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 dude like like, okay, I get it. On paper, you have Marcus Alonso there, and you say, all right, well, you know, he can go up. He's a guy. But, bro, like, sorry, himself doesn't believe that. Because yeah. how, how, how is it that you, sorry, can look at Marcus Alonso and Emerson and go, yeah, Emerson, I need you to do me a favor. Play, play right wing for me. What was he? Mm. Play winger for me. You're mm. good enough to play winger, but you're definitely not good enough to play defense. Like, mm. if you want a guy to link up play, I would imagine. This is, listen, again, far be it for me to call myself an expert on the game. I am not that. But if you're telling me you ha- you're selecting a guy that can play uh, winger for you to be offensive, and you mm. need a left back to play one-twos and vertical passing and and and, and being able to link up play, surely it's got to be the guy that has the technical skills to play a winger. No? 100%. 100%. Do, do, do you... Okay, <laughs> let me pose you another question, man. Right, what do you think about... Okay, so Conte arrives, yeah, before he plays his football, his tailored 3-4-3, whatever the fuck you want to call it. He was trying, okay, he played the players he had. He played a 4-2-4 for a while, which is essentially another fucking yeah. name for a 4-4-2. And he was like persisting with Ivanovic, you're right back. And Branner, as much of a Chelsea legend it is, his time was done in the Premier League at that level. Mm-hmm. But do you think the club are saying to these coaches, right, we pay these players X amount, they've won this for us. And this, you can include Alonso in that right now in terms of winning a Premier League. You know, the, he was the best left wing back in Europe. Um, he'd won the FA Cup. He's on a massive new contract with loads of wages. Similar to like Ivanovic, but different. Do you reckon they're saying, look, dude, make it work with this guy. Look, he's really good. Look at the two goals at Wembley against Tottenham. Just make it work. Do you reckon he's got pressures to do that? I I, I want to say yes. I want to say yes, but not in that way. Not in that right. way because, okay, so... How, 
how do you have all of this? If the club really did pressure him into playing mm. players, then what what the hell is happening with Cullum Hudson Adoy? I can't like you yeah. can't tell me that the club is saying, hey, look, we're about to lose Eden Hazard, or there's Good indecision point. with Eden Hazard, um, mm. and we have another guy right behind him that we need. We it is absolutely imperative that this guy goes nowhere. Mm. So yeah. listen, sorry, do me a favor. I don't care how you make it work. I need this guy to get all the game time in the world because that's what he's mm. requesting. Oh, dude, I'm just so conflicted on that. You, you know what just, I'm saying? Like, like, I know what you're saying. You what can't saying, have mate. that and then yeah. have, have Marcus Alonso just doing his thing there. Because sure. at, at the end of the day, the blood is like, like ultimately, this is what I said on Twitter. Mm. The point that I was trying to make within two minutes and 20 seconds is yeah, that's always hard. there's blame for everybody. I, because of just the way that I am in in, in my buy in in just the way American sports are structured and our my American culture I am I over here in the states you're it's very when it comes to professional sports you're either you know back the company and these players are making so much money they should just bend over to what the company says the team say and fuck them or you're either no, fuck the corporation, fuck the man. These players deserve all the respect in the world. They're the ones that are putting their bodies on the line. I mm. tend to side on that side 99% of the time, right? So, yeah. So, oh, fuck, I don't know where I was going with that. So, oh, the point. Can I, just pick up, can I just pick up on one thing you said? Go for before? it. All right, dude. So, yeah. So, I'm conflicted, man. I'm with you about what, you know, what, what is the manager's inclinations. Okay, so. You bring up Hudson Adoy, absolutely all the talent in the world. One of our own. He's been there since eight years old. He every you know he supports the club. Whenever he plays, he looks like. I mean, I've seen him at the bridge a few times this season. I saw him score his first goal and got his assist. I was right next to the goal. I've never seen a kid so happy. Like he wants to be there, right? So you think, fuck yeah, won the kid, Chelsea, great. Uh, and then you think, right? So Chelsea know he's an asset, and not only do we know he's an asset, they know how damaging. PR-wise would be of him, the transfer request, and us being bullied into selling him, and that's why we refused the transfer request, and, mm -hmm. you know, all these things. So, you'd think, like, sorry, play him. So, I look at it a few different ways. I look at it the way you just explained and the way I've just described. But then also, I look at it as, he's 18. If he, if, if he didn't have any of this Bayern Munich shit, right? If the club identified that he is this worldie and we looked at him winning the World Cup, the under-17s World Cup, and, you know, won everything and all the trophies at youth level, well, the, the Chelsea were, and the coaches telling the club this is the one. If he was playing the minutes he did this season organically, like we just picked him out of the academy and said, yeah, yeah, we started circling this, like, kid in, we're putting one on the end of games, we're starting him in a few cup games, that would be perfect. Because they'd probably think, oh, they respect me and they trust me. But all this stuff has come out of the pressure and the transfer request and, you know, the negotiation. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why Callum, quite rightly, probably didn't trust the club. So I get that. But I also think an 18-year-old maybe shouldn't be holding the club to ransom, even though you'd understand his inclinations. But then you also got to think about the coach and his intentions. He's been saying, oh, he's good as good as William, as good as Pedro. You know, if he, does he quite believe that? I don't think so. I feel like he trusts the work rate and the knowledge of the system of the senior players. But it's the same old thing about the short-termism at Chelsea. And this is what we can 
circle back to the whole club short-termism and how they should react with Sari because he's an old Italian manager. We know what they're like with youngsters anyway, but what's the point in taking a risk on a kid if you know, regardless of you're doing well or not, you'll be gone in 18 months on average as a Chelsea coach? So he looks at someone like Willian, who's won two Premier Leagues, this, that, and the other. He looks at someone like Pedro, who's won it all in Spain and still can run about. And he's going to look at a kid. You understand, if, if someone said to Sari, look, you're here like Pochettino for five years, no matter what. Don't worry, dude. You can fucking finish here. We can finish there. We've got a bit of money set aside to rebuild. Director of football coming in. He'd probably go, right, I need to get this kid Callum into Sari ball as quick as possible because in two years he could be my regular starter. Do you know what I mean? Something I get like that. You. It's very I, difficult. I get you. And that's, you know, and, and that's why um, what you bring up is exactly the point that Jose was making when he um, did that, those interviews on being sports. He was like, look, what the hell has Klopp won? Mm. What has he won? And he's getting mm. all the support in the world. What has Pochettino won? All the support mm. in the world. You know, <laughs> given time yeah, to, yeah. To, to develop, like Klopp is there, you know, how long? Mm. Five years now? It seems like forever. I, I'm, my number might be off, but it seems like he's been there. Yeah, Klopp's been there like four and a half or five and a half. And yeah. then Koch has been a while. You know, Pep, you know, Pep was fucking 600 million investment and he was called Fraudiola by World Football in his first season. No trophies and just got in the top four. That's level on points on fourth. So, it's, so it's, you know. It's like, you know, and, and again, you, you like, I don't like... It. I don't like this. Oh, because you win trophies, that's it. Like you, you automatic automatically get a pass. Like mm. hell. Like let's bring John Terry right now has all the trophies in the world for Chelsea Football Club. Do mm. you want him starting in, in your center back? <laughs> Honest question. Like no bullshit. And, and I, I, I don't know. It's not the right time to ask. It's not the right time game. because it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's seriously it's it. not it's not the right time. It's not the right yeah. time. But the point I'm trying to make is. Trophies don't automatically mean that that's it. Like you're good. You're on. Un, you're untouchable. No, it's the project what comes first, man. The project comes first. It's what are you doing? It, it, sports are very. What are you doing for me lately? Very, mm. very, very. What are you doing for me lately? I just. I'm a huge MMA fan. Uh, last night there was a UFC. My favorite fighter of all time, Anderson Silva, just fought. Last night, the greatest of all time, in my opinion, uh, the greatest middleweight of all time. However, he just lost to a 25-year-old, not because he isn't the greatest of all time, that he isn't the greatest middleweight to ever exist, one of the most important martial artists to ever walk the earth, period. He's still that guy. However, he's that guy at 40-something years old, and at a certain point, father time just catches up. William and Pedro, as great yeah. as they are, yeah. or as as much trophies. I mean, hell, how much you can't win more than Pedro. The mm. only thing he has, Pedro hasn't won, is individual awards. But in team mm. sports, you can't win more than Pedro. Mm-hmm. But he's just yeah. too fucking old. He's not it anymore. He's okay. just not there. No, I'm down, man. I, I, okay, so this this will this kind of like goes with maybe the club know this right and this is maybe even their farewell tour like you know both got one year on their contract maybe after and they're trying you know pedro maybe flog him to china for a shitload of cash maybe finally take a reduced bid to barca for william people you know william could get sold you know what i mean but 
again, I don't hate on either of these players. I think they're both absolutely quality still. And in a pragmatic system where there's just super bank, two banks of four or two banks of four and a three, that's solid. And they work on counter-attack. Pedro and Willian could score, you know, eight and 10 goals a season each. And you might be able to comfortably sit in top four. But, you know, the, the system, what we're going for, all that goes out the window. I've been chatting to a lot of people off this game on Twitter about defence. Chelsea of old relied on soldiers. And we were a team, but we we were individuals, but we were a team of individuals. We had warriors. Each one was like a, you know, fucking in God mode and they were at war. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, Yannick, take a, a, before you continue, before you continue, on. this, I know exactly where you're going. And this is 100% when I say that everybody has blood on their hands, the board has mm. blood. Sorry has blood. The players have blood on their hands. What you're about to say is what I 100% believe in. Go. Mm. Okay, well, I hope... <laughs> Go. I know what you're going right. to... I, I assume... Right, well, I was going to say, but no, what I was going to say is, I'm not even going to talk about like leadership or whatever. What I was going to say is... Oh, okay. The system, yeah, yeah, because I am a massive advocate of that as well, and we could go into that and, and talk about the team. But what I am talking... What I was going to say is systematic. So if someone fucks up, right, we've got great players in the field. If someone fucks up, because it's not a systematic, like, um, it's almost like a genetic system moving around, sorry, ball, vertical, tiki-taka. So before, right, if we fucked up in a final high-profile game, there'll be JT to bail out what the mistake, because that's how he played it. He didn't have to move around and flirt around in a sorry ball system. He could dig in, put a last-ditch tackle, because he was fucking good. But, like, um, and then we'd have the characters to pick us up. So it kind of does interlink with the leadership and the wetness of our current side. But Sari's football, in theory, you defend as a system. You know, like um, James Richardson is this British broadcaster, host guy. He did like some Italian football show in the 90s. He's already, He went to go and interview uh, Sari and Zola on uh, Chelsea TV, right? He speaks Italian. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think he might have interviewed Zola in English, but he Sari in Italian so they could have a fluid conversation. Um, but he's speaking to them both and they're talking about sorry ball, but they're talking about it's an orchestra. If it doesn't, if everyone's not playing in tune, it's fucked. Whereas back in the day, Chelsea, someone could not be playing in tune. If they're not, JT would probably kick the kick their ass and make them play in tune, but it doesn't matter because the other players would be there to pick it up. Sorry ball requires everyone to play, and when it functions, it's meant to be like the systematic answer to football itself. Do you know what I mean? It's I meant get to like you. beat it, it's meant to beat everything. But if it doesn't work, you get fucking bent over by City and you lose 6-0. But like, again, but it comes into maybe what you wanted to talk about. But it's almost like if we could have a hybrid that completely bought into the concept of Sari Ball. But the people buying into the concept of Sari Ball were said characters like JT, like Lampard, like Essien, like Balak, like Drogba, like even Czech. Completely absent. There was a point in time... Uh, maybe uh, around when you started watching Chelsea, where we had six captains in the starting 11, international captains, and all 11 were internationals. Not even all our 11 are internationals half the time anymore, but there were six captains in the starting lineup. So it kind of goes hand in hand. There's the leadership, there's the never taking, never say die, because that's what Chelsea was. Chelsea, like in the last 20 years, people forget. Free Roman, we were a good team. Mid late nineties, we were a top four team. So it wasn't like two thousand and three onwards. You know, we've been a good team for like twenty or odd years or whatever. 
um, 20 plus years. So, and it was that never die attitude. So it's almost like you require a high. Yo, Yannick, hold on a second. Oh, we're about to get inter interrupted. Hold on a second. Sorry about that, dude. Sorry, man. I can pick up on a similar thing if you're doing like editing, so you probably better put it together. Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I just gotta. I'll just cut that real quick. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'll pick up and I'll say like it's almost like you need a hybrid. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I got no. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. You just, just keep going. Just keep going. It's just, oh my god. Like, how do you not know that I'm here? Like, my car is right up front. The door is locked. Like, I don't. I, <laughs> I don't fucking understand. Like, how do you not know? I'm here waving. Do not open the door. I'm recording. The, all these guys know that I record on the weekends yeah, yeah. here. Don't it's open a, the door. Like, the hell? It's all, it's all good, man. It's all I'm good. not cutting it, though. Fuck it. I'm yeah, not yeah. cutting. Keep going, Yannick. Okay, yeah, all good. So, yeah, it's almost like we need a, a, a you know a hybrid of both Never Say Die, proper Chels, that old school sort of feeling and like character with the new age footballing philosophy when really we've got talented technical players, but let's be honest, a lot of them are wet as fuck. And that sort of Chelsea essence is, is sort of certainly dead. No one really gets Chelsea. I always use the, um, the most Chelsea player or proper Chelsea, as they call it down in West London is probably an 18 year old that we bought from Exeter in Ampadu in terms of like being strong, not taking any shit, breaking up fights, starting fights, slide tackling. Yep. Everyone else just seems to be like, oh man, like, you know, all, all techers, no bollocks, maybe. But um, Christian, I, I, I asked you a question about earlier that I've got, we were both, we both got lost on some, some rants. Lost in the sauce. We got yeah, lost man, in the if sauce. You, if, if you don't mind, I want to bring it back. Do because, it. Because, so... Sorry, arrives, man. He says, like, he's just breath of fresh air. He's mm -hmm. got a great footballing story. And he says these superb things about how I feel about football as well, how it should be joy, you know, um, nurturing the inner child. And he talked a lot about play, how football represents play and your inner child. And he wants to play attacking football. And he wants to, like, amazing, beautiful combinations and eventually walk the ball into the net. If not, you know, score some wonder goals. On paper, in theory, it's great, you know, Iguain scored 36 goals, 35 appearances, a lot of them bangers, like goals all over the pitch. He arrives, he says that to the players, they love it, Hazard loves it, Louise loves it, Rudiger loves it. Everyone's making the right the right sounds about Sari. Turgid times have come, difficult results, historically poor results. How do you think the players feel about Sari right now? <sighs> It's such a difficult question. It's a it? it's a tough question because it's I get like where I blame sorry is everything off the pitch. So mm. I blame him for starting Marcus Alonso. I blame him for starting Ruben Loftus, uh, not starting Ruben Loftus and starting mm. Barkley. I blame him for bringing in Kovacic into a game where we need goals, and your answer is to bring in a guy that never scores goals like those mm. are the things i blame him on and those are the things i can see the players getting upset at however mm. like i i it's just tough for me because it's not sorry's fault that when pedro gets the ball he just runs 
all over the fucking place and doesn't and doesn't play direct like so, uh, sorry once it like I, I after the what was it the Bortmouth game and right around it was right around the time where we were gonna get um Iguain was it that time Iguain didn't play against Bortmouth yeah he did yeah he, yeah, did. he did okay he didn't, he, get, did. he didn't get a sniff though it was right around that time where I started mm. really watching Napoli's play from when they, when sorry was there and the one thing that stood out was it's I, again, these are just highlights on YouTube, so mm. like it's hard for me to. It's not you don't get the full context of said play, but the one thing that I saw with their goals and the highlights of our goals was they were all their goals were so fucking direct. Mm. It was pass, move, pass, move. If I didn't have the ball, you're playing. You're you're, you're running into the space. Everybody was moving. Everybody was mm. hustling. Mm. And and it's like so going back to your question of how do I think the players view Sorry's system and are they happy with him? Like, I I, I fucking don't know, bro. I, I honestly, so I, honestly I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know because it's like it's like oh well, this you know if there, I can envision something where the players are like, well, this fucking guy, this system sucks, and he's like telling you like, no, bro, it's perfect. The system's awesome. Is your yeah. ass is not moving into the spaces when I need you to, yeah, yeah, Pedro? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I need you to move into spaces, and you're not. Like okay. you're just standing there. Like what? You know, let me pick up on that. Let me pick up on that because you're right, and you've just basically what you've said hit the nail on the the proverbial head. Because sorry, I actually said this in a few interviews. He's like, no, there's no movement. It's static passing, but you need to pass. It's, it's through balls essentially, isn't it? It's passing yes. into space, passing into space, and that's what's not happening. He says people are waiting to receive the ball, and then it becomes static, sterile, and you know, and then. It, Flash to the pundit saying sorry balls bullshit because this isn't sorry ball. It's um and he he'll be the first to admit that. And whether the I think the players just don't have the confidence to do it. Maybe it's a personnel issue. But but you're right. It, it is. It's not. It's not what it's supposed to be. But in, in terms of the players' perspective and outlook on it, like he cut he arrives. Okay, Hazard. I think not only is he. A was he or it and is, depending on fan perspective, as a good appointment for Chelsea because Roman, you know, Roman wanted uh, attacking football like we previously discussed in the pod. You know, that's why he got Vish Boish in that failed and you know whatever. Ancelotti was pretty attacking. We scored a lot of goals, but ultimately he went as well. But the the players would have known right attacking football. We've just come off Conte. This guy is not a hard ass like Conte. Just the just the tonic, right? Just the fucking tonic. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I feel like they would have appointed um, Sari uh, after this World Cup where Hazard's been going, oh, Real Madrid, you know, I love Chelsea, but, you know, Real Madrid and thankful for Chelsea for all they've done, you know, and people get pissed off with that, but I we can talk about that in a bit, but I've got really no issue for Especially after this game, I have I. Oh, but we can we can get onto that. Let me let me let me just finish. Go for it. But you know, but I think they would have appointed him thinking of Hazard after this because they would have like looked at Dries Mertens. Dries Mertens is Hazard's mate. Obviously, he's like a very similar player. He's like what I call the B Tech Ed and Hazard because they're both small, petite, and they're similar, but not overly. Because actually, Mertens does like to stay in the box. But um, obviously, he exploded under Sari. 
and scored like a you know dumb amount of goals. It was super good. So all that aside, it would have been like a smart move to see. And it started great. Remember, we were top of the league above City and Liverpool a few weeks in. And everyone's like, oh, even if even when we weren't at the very top, people were like, oh, you can't discount Chelsea in this title race for like maybe even a few months. I can't yeah. remember, but it was a lot. So it all looked good. But in retrospect, I think that was players just being buoyant that they were allowed to keep the ball and doing their thing. Remember, Sorry was saying, mm, yeah, well, I'm not really seeing my football, but I'm happy to get the results. You know, we were getting the results because Hazard was the best player in Europe for the first three months in, in the league, you know. Um, but when the league settles, as it always does every fucking season, and right people look at what's November. going on. Yeah, and then it, it just, it set, the dust settles and then the real the real shit comes to surface. And unfortunately, because Sarri's football's not being executed and now there's confusion, complacency, capitulation being the big one, um, we're in this shithole. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like to talk to you about Hazard in a bit, man, if you don't mind. But if you, uh, this is your pod, but I'd, I want to I pick your brain as well. If go for I may. it, go for it. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it because like... okay. It's okay. I, I swear, like my natural instinct is to again rage, is to just grab this fucking microphone <laughs> and go, "What the fuck is going on here?" Like, and you're like, and you're like asking these questions, and I'm like, "Okay, I can't do that. I, let me think about this because, <laughs> like, honestly, like, it's there's no, in no, <laughs> no reason. There's no reason why." This team should be losing 6-0. Theoretically, no, they're the straight fourth, up. according to the table, they're mm -hmm. the fourth best team in England. Okay? And City was the second. And City was the second. Okay? Theoretically. I'm not saying that yeah, City yeah, is the table. Yeah, 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 not yeah. better than us. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that, again, theoretically, we're the fourth best team. So we could lose. And I don't... Again, if... If we lose, I'm not the guy that's like, oh, we never should lose. I I believe that Chelsea, and I still believe that if we were to play City tomorrow, I would say, you know what, we're winning this game. You know, and we play. Yeah, I would dude, say I'm we're winning fucking, it. I'm going to the final whenever that game is this month, and I'm going with my brother-in-law, and I'm just thinking. I just met. I just WhatsApped him shortly, like uh, a while ago, saying, oh well, at least because I, I went the last game I went to him was the the final. FA Cup final we lost on the Conte and we were just so like yeah we're going to win this we've just mm -hmm. walked the league record breaking results and obviously we lost 2-1 to, to, um, to Arsenal and that's the last game we went together and now we're going to a final against Man City so I don't said go. to him Yannick don't I go said, don't go don't go don't go please I don't said, go I said to him at least our uh, our expectations would be different that we could just like hopefully see some good enough football <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> just, just on, the, just on you raging there, man. As soon as that result happened, I was like, okay, uh, I, I want to, I want to actually build on what I'm about to say. But I was like, okay, I went to the gym, I did a workout, I'd fucking like binaural beat wave sounds in my <laughs> my headphones, <laughs> trying to like go zen. Like you said, you were playing with your kid, it chilled you out. Me, I was just trying to work out and listen to these like meditation sounds. Okay, so. It's a big, big loss, right? But this this is an important time for Chelsea, right? For a few reasons. Because Chelsea would be dumb to sack Sarri. Because the play, it's not like before in many situations with Chelsea. Chelsea players are not downing tools, right? 
They're yeah. not downing tools. This is a systematic failure, a personnel failure, and a shit performance has equaled what's just happened. So it see it certainly seems like you watch these training videos, everyone's joking with Sari, you know, whatever, great. And it's not like Sari has come from another big team. Like imagine we got Laurent Blanc, right? Mm-hmm. A tro- or or, or and Re- um, Luis Enrique, mm-hmm. who won the fucking treble with Barca. So trophy-proven managers. Imagine we got them and they were having troubles. It just shows that, you know, they, they might not have a fucking answer. You know, they got Sari because of an idea and, and a direction. And that has to be honoured. If they got a trophy-winning manager who the players, like, couldn't win under and stuff, it would just seem like, okay, well, Laurent Blanc won the league and, you know, fucking league, uh... And uh, Lewis Enrique had the best player of all time to ever walk the earth and a great team with it to win all these things. I could have coached so, that Barcelona team. The Pep, yeah. te- the Pep Barcelona team and the Lauren Blanc Barcelona, uh, not the Lauren Blanc, the uh, Lewis Enrique team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have coached yeah. both of those teams and, and exactly. they would have been, so, been just fine. So, yeah, so yeah. And Sarri delivered a fairy tale result with Napoli. Like he should have won the fucking league at ninety-one points, man. That's the co- that was a record-breaking second points, uh, second place points total. So that's cold as fuck off the bat. But not only that, he didn't do it by a Leicester fairy tale, you know, one-nil defending. He did it with this beautiful attacking football that the whole of world football stood up to look at. All the great footballing minds were like, look at this guy. He's come out of nowhere. And look what he's delivering. Look at his philosophy. Roman Abramovich would have looked at that. But let's look at the tangibles, right? He didn't get preseason. Conte took it. He's got straight he was flown straight over to fucking Australia before as soon as he got to Chelsea. He didn't really get the time to look at anyone or do anything. The whole, you know, early stages was a bit of a blag. Pep Guardiola City were preparing for his arrival for like four or five years, apparently. Since two thousand and thirteen like, or something like that. And he got there. Something when, like that, dude. Like yeah, exactly Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. Two years. Because well, yeah, they put exactly. they put all exec they put in the executives all these men in yeah all yeah. these men and like and not yeah so there were transfers they were preparing the the system of the company um, company the the club all all this sort of shit and then sorry was the slam dunk in and his fucking De Laurentiis wouldn't even release him from Napoli so it was all a shit show off the bat <coughs> excuse me and even with Klopp like they knew he was coming for a while. He came, they gave him loads of time. He finished seventh and they pumped shitload of cash in. And, you know, as great as Poch is a great coach tactician, they gave him a lot of time and, you know, he's doing a great job. Even if, um, maybe the, the club, the, the players, I think, I think there's an inferiority complex at Spurs and I'm, that's not me being a Chelsea fan laughing at Spurs, which I love to do anyway. But I think that's something in their mentality. But what makes this hurt more about Chelsea at the moment is because our mentality is to win, not to get bent over. It's the worst result we've ever had in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So that's that's not in our repertoire. That's why it hurts. But it takes pain to grow, man, and to change. And I go back to my old point. The, how many pragmatists are fucking left, dude? Like, what do we get Simeone in to make and get some, like, try and sign some hard asses in that are going to tackle people hard again and be Chelsea the league that's not going to win you a title right now in the Premier League they can't <clears throat> they can't get rid of sorry here's the thing the transfer ban is on its way they can't get anybody in. they can't get rid of sorry now they can't because if they go to bring in Simeone right Simeone yeah, how many goal. players is Simeone's going to want to sign or how many forget Simeone you could 
whatever manager you want. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna need time to develop yeah. your your football to the, develop everything with your players, mm. and you're not gonna be able to get in all your players in under one window. Mm. So we've okay, already so we've already fucked ourselves here. Like we well, have to continue with sorry. It, 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 like, well, I don't think I don't think we fucked ourselves. I think it's just uh, a fucking cold taste of well, life as a top tier football team that has to fucking swallow the medicine of how shit's going at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like let's go in a romantic, ideal world. Okay, let's just let me just take you down this lane for a little bit, Christian. Okay, so shit's hit the fan. It's dumb. It sucks. But the club's like you know whatever. We're not gonna get um top four. Um, it's my levels, okay, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Even man, if there wasn't, I would, I would, I would turn you, you up. But up. no, 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 you're okay, good. Yeah, you're yeah, good. No, so no worries, because I hit my fucking sound card. Anyway, I'm gonna carry on. So, okay, so my romantic like view of of how things could go in an absolutely ideal world. The club have looked at this result. They've looked at you know the Bournemouth result. Like, oh god, yeah, teething issues and a hard time, but you know transitional. Stick with Sari. Get him the players. You know what? We don't make top four this season. That's going to hurt to fuck. But you know what? Even after we don't get Champions League um, football next season, maybe Hazard leaves. We'll talk about that in a bit. They're looking at the big fucking picture, right? Mm. They keep sorry and say, even with no Champions League, we're still going to have more money than that Napoli side did when he did that with them. So let's get persistent with sorry. Let's give him his 4 free, free. Let's change the philosophy of the club. Let's give him this player's. Maybe Sari stays for three years. He's not a young coach. This dude's like, and he's just 1060. I know that's not old, old for the Premier League, but say he stays for three more years. He wins like maybe a trophy this season, maybe not, but they keep him. He wins a trophy next season, maybe he gets top four. And then whatever, see what he does in the third season. And by that time, a certain Chelsea legend who also plays 4-3-3 in his side down in the championship can transition his football and the prodigal son, Frank Lampard, returns and adapts his free-free from Sari's free-free, sorry, 4 free, free and, and comes along and, you know, whatever. And then the whole thing seems like genius from, from that perspective. Or the alternative is we get another, uh, you know, reactionary sacking because, like, oh, my God, money, 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 what's going to happen? Um, Hazard, top four, which would probably, you know, make it arguably worse. Mm-hmm. Getting another coach in now because any other coach is going to do something that's going to be completely different, mm-hmm. purely on the basis that sorry ball is completely different. So anything else will be. So they they have to persist, man. I mean, they got to. They they, they, they have be, to. Yeah, it would be it would be mental. Like um, my most intriguing thing, the question that neither of us could answer is how the players feel about this because they're going to be fucking hurt, man. I mean, obviously, they should be. Yeah, they should be because it was a turgid, dismal performance from them, you know. Um, but it's 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 just so weird. Like, how are they going to feel about their coach? Are they going to feel like we let you down? You're trying to do something great here and something that's better for us, the players, but we can't deliver. Or are they going to feel like, dude, I don't think this works here? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, even if we did, like, we were super stoked on your arrival and your philosophy and what you want to bring. But you know what? We've all had a bit chat and then we don't think this is going to work. And then again, that poses another question third coach in a row where they've had issue with these players you know is it is it a toxic dna that's newly developed in the chelsea dressing room since your jt's and your lampards and your essians balak's drogbas have gone away has this new toxicity of new age galactico or in chelsea's current case semi galactico level player are they all just like 
a bit toxic and you know they just stop playing for the managers even if they're not doing it consciously you know it's such a you look at surrounding teams and how they dig in and do well and stuff and like you know it's all very well when you're playing a training game against Huddersfield and you can be like sorry bull bitches but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, the hashtag sorry ball yeah, bitches like, that's the um, hashtag you know but like and they're like yeah you know we do this in training and it works look but when it comes to like you know a champions elect city again and whatever they they get rattled because dude like i, I did want to mention this like i I, tw- I did tweet this out t- uh, earlier today at halftime right I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into like stats that much but at halftime at man city chelsea where the Etihad, had it was 50 50 percent possession remember they're a strong possession team so we both had it 50 50 weird eight shots to their five shots so we were in the box, popping off shots, getting close, you know, whatever, including like great saves and well, a couple of good saves, Iguain banging close to the post. So shots on target out of those eight, we only had three, but you know, Edison made some good saves for those three, maybe one down his neck or whatever. They had four shots on target, four shots on target. They scored all four. Now also we had two corners to then no corners. So in terms of positional dominance on the pitch, that would say Chelsea, uh, in their half away, but they had four shots on target and they scored them all. And it was at, and that was in 18 minutes. The game was over in 18 minutes. Um, and I'm it, 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 and dude, oh, it could have been five zero because remember, dude, oh, and, yeah, and the rest, and the rest. If 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 that was five shots on target instead of four shots on target, it would probably be five zero in like 18. Well, minutes no, remember Aguero missed that little sitter oh, right next tapping, to the, yeah, the, the tapping, tapping right yeah. next to the that that was yeah, who well, exactly. on Marcus Alonso on M- okay, Marcus that, Alonso. That, 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 and that puts me onto my next point. That would have been a tap-in, but that's all these goals. I, I don't call I don't hold Kepper accountable for any of these goals. Uh, he never did a howler and passing out, regardless to the team. I mean, there was one close one, but the team was capitulating in front of him. Uh, I, I don't have any issue with Kepper in that game at all, because each one of those goals, he was completely carved open and squared where you can't do anything. Um, one was a fucking wonder goal from Aguero. One was a penalty that was just an absolutely sweet penalty from Aguero as well. So there's uh, there's loads of like, you know, just just I was on a little tangent there. How about I, how I don't blame the uh, Kepper, but if you look at how we got the ball up, but that was because I I, I don't want to say I don't want to say either that Man City were four nil up and they were like and they were gonna like take it easy because they're not. They smelt blood. They knew the goal difference, you know, thing was on the cards there, so they wouldn't have like you know chilled out or whatever so they 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 wanted to go for it but there was elements where you saw the chelsea pressure but it was character it was like you know capitulation and when and when you like you know you you get rattled in the first 18 minutes against that team you you concede four goals well not 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 one chelsea this chelsea side at the moment and and that and that's the most frustrating thing it's not like we were like defending deep and eventually they squeezed through the goals like we're trying. We had shots. We had, you know, I don't know what the final amount of shots are. I, I dared to look at the stats after the second half, but I was just intrigued at halftime to be like, oh god, let's have a look at how shit this is. And I thought, fucking hell, you know, it just goes to show they were systematic and clinical. But they didn't have a corner. We had two. We had more attempts than them. We were like, you know, in their part of the pitch more. They just got down there and scored. They just got down there and scored every fucking time. Um, and I don't think Kante playing. I mean. 
sorry for rambling on, man, but like I, I do blame the, the, the back four for this for this. I think Aspie was fucking shit as well. Which well, I'm like, I mean, I, I, yeah, you but just, up sorry, just to finish, just, just to quickly finish on, like, um, on Christian is that people and pundits again will fucking be like, oh, I'm not going to talk about Jorginho because it's pointless in, in in this conversation. But we'll do. Oh yeah, Kante back there. Kante plays in a midfield too. It's systematic as long as Sari's there. When people say, I'll oh, move Kante back there. That's fine, but move the system and change the manager. It needs to play on the two, like he did at uh, Cannes, like he did at Leicester, like he did at Chelsea, like he does in France when Matuidi moves up. It's always like in a sitting two. It, it, it's not in a pivot role, so it, it won't work. I won't have that from from uh, pundits. It's a systematic thing, and it's a failure from the back four in terms of character and performance. Sorry, man, go. No, no, no. It's just like... Is it? Is it like... Can you blame Aspie for his performance today? Can you? Because I would I would say on the pitch, yeah, he fucked up big time. But then mm-hmm. off the pitch, I would tell you that how would you how can you blame a player that's played five games in a row in the last what 14 days? Something like that. Oh man, I love Aspilicueta. Like he is the like, closest thing to proper Chelsea in that team. And bearing in mind, I know How can you blame him was- though? How can you blame? How can you blame that play where he where we where he uh gave up the penalty on Sterling? He was doing mm. everything he's pot. Bro, I'm 35 fucking years old. I know what it's like to press the gas in my mind, and I'm trying to hustle as hard as I can, and I just don't have the legs anymore. Aspie's what 29, 28. Well, I don't know if he's that old. He's old. But- he's old, bro. So if it costs me, I know what it costs me to play some bullshit six aside. Yeah, he's twenty nine. He's twenty nine. You're right. He's fucking, fucking old, bro. I know what it costs <laughs> me to play two games back to back on a bullshit six aside. That that I'm not comparing. What I'm trying to say is, in context, mm. if I struggle yep. to play a bullshit game, and I'm in, I by all intents and purposes, I'm in pretty good shape. I can yeah. only imagine if we, you know, extrapolate and, and go and, 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 and go further what it must be like to play five games in a row mm. as a professional. Okay. It's like but, almost a game every other day. You can't yeah. do that. You know, you know what my like my I, I'm also I, I, I'm thinking back to when and that's we played. on sorry and that's on sorry I'm sorry yeah 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 and that's yeah, on just... sorry that's one of those things where it's like okay I get it they were trying to they were trying to move Zappacosta but he's yeah. here now you gotta mm. use him you yeah, have yeah, yeah, to yeah. use him no I dig it I dig it what, yeah and and what I'm saying doesn't change what you're saying but what I want to say is like because he was amazing against City in the return fixture in the reverse fixture sorry he was like. He was Mr. Like, we dug in. He was like JT that day, playing like fullback in terms of like blocks, passes, getting the ball out, relieving pressure, one on one. You're never fucking beating me, Sane. Like, so I think that's why Sane didn't play today because he was getting taught a lesson by Espelicueta that day at the bridge. And Sane's a fucking excellent player, dude. But mm-hmm. like, um, you know, he got bossed. He got like, people were saying, like, no, no, I'm a, you know, I'm super experienced. I, I know all about you, lad. You're not having it today. And he kept him out. You're right, the fatigue is a big thing. But it's just frustrating. Obviously, it's so fucked up as well, dude. Because also, like you say, Kovacic coming on. But the thing is, I would have done any... I'm not a Barkley hater. I feel like he does 
like Ruben, offer something that we need in the midfield over Kovacic. But I know you said when Kovacic is coming on and we need goals, that makes sense. But Kovacic was so good against City. He was so good. He's press resistant. He, he actually... He, he was the presence in the midfield that we lacked for 90 minutes or okay. when even when he came on, it, the game was gone. But he, he was so good. As for the quarter, was so good. But it's weird. The whole thing's fucked up and backwards. It's like we played a false nine defensive game at home to do the 2-0 win. And then when we go away to the Etihad, when they're like coming, you know, Aguero's coming off a hat trick. They're, they're lifted by league, um, by title challenge hopes. Suddenly we go all attacking. Like It's dumb, man. But but yeah, especially but, especially uh, sorry, dude. Just to finish, especially when fucking Newcastle just beat them two one from playing a defensive way. I know this goes with like has he got a plan B and stuff, but it was still the same four three three with the same idea of combinations. It was just more reserved, bro. Sorry, like dude. okay, so like so uh, awesome. Kovacic did amazing job against City the first time. Why didn't you start it? Yeah, well, exactly. Why That's didn't you fucking deal. start him? That's okay, my deal, man. It, 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 like. No problem. I listen. I have. I don't want to be an insider. I never want to get inside information. But on this one, I did get some. In, I was, I was shown. Uh, I was shown some information. A conversation that was had that put that took me for real quick. It was a peek inside Sorry's mind. He fucking Bro. loves Barkley. He yeah. loves him. I know why as well. Because- he he loves him. And yeah. I'm just seeing this guy as my third choice left center mid, not my first, not my second. Oh, yeah. I just don't understand. And then, you know, okay, so Kovacic did an amazing defensive job the first yeah. time out uh, uh, when we won 2-0. Okay, awesome. Start his ass. And then when you need goals, you bring in Ruben. But you yeah, don't yeah, yeah. fucking bring in Kovacic when you need goals. It's not. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was backwards. You know, you know why he likes Barkley. Like, I, I, I think it's a haircut. Hate. He has a. I will say this: Ross Barkley has a tremendous fade. Week in, <laughs> game out. That man, as somebody Dude. who's been getting okay. fades, bald fades, two on top, skin on the side, two in the I'm skin. Okay, Barkley's barber talk. is is world class. Yeah, it's cold, man. Let's get let's get into it, right? Barkley. So, I I love the Barkley story at Chelsea, right? Because at first we bought him for fifteen million. Conte was like, "Who's Barkley?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But like in English football in the Premier League, he was like a wonder kid. A lot of people talked about because he had a lot of ex- Premier League experience. When we bought him. He'd already been called up for England. He got recalled up for England when we bought him. There was that free game period where he scored three goals and three assists. Not even from three starts. One of them was a last minute equaliser against mm-hmm. uh, United. United. So the dude was, and he got his England call up again. I know you're not English, but we we beat Spain in an absolutely historic win. We mm-hmm. we we were up three nil at half time. I know they came back to to only lose three two, but he was play, he played an absolutely Perlo style ball to Harry Kane, and it was all Barkley, Barkley, Barkley in British media. Now he you know he was obviously Evertonian Scouser grub. He got all his tattoos removed. He wanted to give everything and leave on the pitch for Chelsea. It's a really nice story. He loves it in training. Apparently he's really good in training. He walks home from Stamford Bridge in his Chelsea kit because he lives in London. He get, takes pictures of people in the street. Like really nice story. Obviously Sari arrived. He probably knew. Well he definitely fucking knew about Sari's arrival before the fans. So what did he do? He was at, he wasn't at the World Cup. 
Um, so he was at Stamford Bridge training for his injury, getting his head down, and he researched Sari Ball. He researched Sari Ball backwards. Sari arrives, and he's like, look, I know your system backwards. Um, I've got all this experience in the league. Give me a chance. And Sari loved that. An astute person. He was so impressed by this dude who absolutely taught, you know, he knew everything about the system backwards. I know that might not be evident right now on his performances, but I'm just fueling the narrative here. This is why he loves Barkley, because he arrived... Ruben was at the World Cup. He was he at the time. Ruben was a little bit entitled. He didn't have the time to study. He sort of like, oh, I'd been at Palace. I think I want to leave Chelsea. Kovacic was arriving. He knew Kovacic was a Kovacic. No matter what your opinions on him, he's a Galactico level player in terms of skilled. Whether he's being executed well enough on the pitch in the system is another story. But he is was is seen as, or certainly was seen as, the successor to Modric at Real Madrid in terms of ball-playing ability, but maybe not playmaking ability. He's so talented, Kovacic. So like Kante, similarly like Kante, he's like, right, well, these guys have to be in my midfield because they're so talented, <laughs> you know, but I need to put Jorginho in my in this place. So then that's, that's where the problem started. But that's why he loves Barkley. I agree with you, Christian. I think Ruben... He's one of our own. He's a goal threat. He's tank. He can carry the ball forward. He can do one-twos with Eden Hazard and he can finish a goal. So for me, he's my first choice. Kovacic would be my second choice purely on talent and ability. And then Barkley, although he's got a wicked story, it's just, if, if you know, what, what, what he had it, he had, I can't, was that mistake what, what, that Aguero's what, what, goal? What was he doing? What was he doing Dude. there? He was, yeah. like, again, like, again, I, I don't, bro, the most talented players need to be playing. I mm. if it, it's not all about you. passion and heart and all this, bro. I would. I'm telling you right now, I would happily give a leg to play a meaningful Premier League game for mm. uh, for sorry for Chelsea. I would happily give it up. Mm. No ifs, ands, or buts about. It. I would happily lose a leg. To, to catch the winning touchdown for my beloved Miami Dolphins that have been giving me nothing but grief my entire life. Nobody <laughs> would be more passionate than me. Yeah, but yeah, let me give you a newsflash. I'm just not good enough. There's you know thousands of well. fans that, are, would give, that would give everything to mm. be, play the game. But we're just you know what, not good enough. What hurts the most, right? And what made Chelsea great, no matter what people say about Chelsea rent boys and, you know, we just hired guns, plastics, hired guns, mercenaries. That's what we've got now. Proper Chelsea isn't that. John Terry probably would have given, when we had to let him go and not give him a new contract and he had to go to Aston Villa, he would have given a leg to carry on playing for Chelsea because that's who he is. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what Chelsea was. You know, Balak came in, made Lampard better. He became proper Chelsea. You know, like... All these players, like, Hazard gets fouled all the fucking time. He's the most fouled player in the Premier League, right? Um, if we still had a John Terry playing with him now or someone of like that, if he saw that on Hazard, he'd put a tackle on He'd go up to that player, put a tackle on him, take a yellow card, fine, no problem. But look, mate, if you come anywhere fucking near my half, you're, 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 I'm going to skin you. Do you know what I mean? Like, he'd literally say that to them. And they'd Who's be like, that guy oh, my for God. Us? Who's <laughs> that guy <laughs> for us, though? Yeah, yeah, but it's that kind of thing where you send shivers down the, the opponent's spine. Like, oh my God, even if they know how to just talk, like the ref will protect me. They're inside their head. Do you know what I mean? They'll stick one on them and then that will be it. We don't have any of that. We don't have any of that. Any football fan who's been watching like enough of 
that a lot of Premier League English football will know that it's we all want a beautiful football, but we need that with a side of look at Real Madrid winning fucking how many Champions Leagues in the last few years. They've still got I mean I I, I it's Sergio Ramos, the player you love to hate. I do hate him, but because he, he dives around and he's a pussy and he's a little bitch. But at the same time, he'll stick one on you quietly for the team. And as much as I hate Sergio Ramos, I just think, damn, <laughs> that's what you need in your team. It's true. It's true. But yeah. the, like like today's game though. Today's game. Mm. Where I mean, it was you can still have a bit, where okay, I, I understand sorry, I understand the board, I've laid the blame on them enough. But mm. at a certain point in time it comes on to the players to go, fuck that. I'm not taking this shit today. I'm not doing mm. it. Marcus Alonso, get your ass in place. Yeah. Enough with the bullshit. Ross Barkley, what the fuck are you doing? Pedro, what the fuck are you doing? Enough. <laughs> enough of this shit. Oh, if man. I have to be out here too, you guys have to be playing as well. Like, fuck it. If we go out and we we get destroyed, if they go out and they get destroyed, they get destroyed. That it is what it is. You, mm. you know, you play the game. But, mm. I mean, there's nobody. Nobody. Where is who? Where is the guy to grab Marcus Alonso by his fucking face and just punch him? Exactly. Where is that guy? I get exactly, it. Like we're not playing know, sorry what, ball. Right? I get it. It's I get it. We, you know the board is not giving. But at the end of the, at, at some point in time, at some point in time, there has to be like your pride has to be on the line. Like you have to Dude. at some point in time, you have to grab your nuts and be like, "Yo, I'm still a man." Like yeah, Bob. Okay, okay. So playing really forward thinking, expressive, beautiful attacking football, and being a leader and not taking any shit from your teammates, they're not mutually exclusive. exactly. They're not mutually exclusive. Look at I mean, Hamshik. He was Mr. Napoli. He wouldn't take any fucking shit for them. It, it, it's it's literally like like you say. So okay, Didier Drogba, right? Comes to comes to the Premier League, and the first eighteen months, he's fucking shit, right? Or flops around, and he dives, and whatever, and it's bad. I'm not saying I don't think this same issue could have been solved with Morata, because I think Drogba and Morata are very different players. But uh, JT. In training was sticking tackles and I'm like, nope, you can't do that around here, mate. No, you can't do that around here. You know, no one, we don't have that. We don't have that. And, and Drogba became one of the most iconic elite forwards in uh, English football history. You know, big game player. He, st- he stopped diving. He started hell- holding up four defenders and then picking it in the top corner from did long it, range. Did you know it, what I mean? Isn't, isn't there the stories of uh, Sir Sir Alex Ferguson telling the, the United defenders the same shit when Ronaldo got there? Like, yo, mm. beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. Same well, yeah, thing. Skolzi used to say it all the time, man. But like, um, so, same shit, man. So like, we don't have any of that. We literally don't have any of that. Like, Azpilicueta bleeds blue. He scores a goal every fucking seven years and he kisses the badge and he looks like the happiest man you've ever seen and he wants to win and he like goes out of a roar. But he's a Spanish, like, relatively passive dude still. We don't have, like, we need, like, we don't have that roar, you know, David Luiz, he's a passionate, sweet man. He's a really genuinely sweet man. He is a leader in the way that he often turns up for big games. And Rudiger, I saw a great tweet from the um, Chelsea fanzine guy earlier. Like Rudiger's a leader and he hates losing. He hates losing for Chelsea. He's not there for the paycheck. He won his first professional trophy at Chelsea last year. He's not there for the paycheck. He went over to apologize to the fans. Today. I saw, in, I saw, yeah, today. I saw in this tweet earlier. So he goes over to apologize, right? 
and look like you know put his hands up and sort of mouth i'm sorry and some of one of the away fans in this this guy said in the tweet um i started abusing him right like saying like some gnarly shit to him whatever and then he goes to him like audibly like i've come here to say sorry for you and you say this to me come and stand in front of me and say that and the guy just goes quiet <laughs> which i love because rudy's gotta be like what six four and an absolute beast he's an he animal this, he's a he's yeah, an so animal but, and, and then he, and then he's like, you know, thought so, takes his shirt off, gives it to a kid and walks back, you know. So these there are people there that none of these guys like this. They want they want it to work. But still, there's just that character miss. There's none of them get Chelsea. They're all good guys. They want to win or certainly most of them. We could probably pick out a few that we wouldn't want playing, you know, again, maybe Alonso, whatever, a few more, whatever. But they want to win. They want to make it work. But it's 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 almost like that sort of Chelsea DNA is missing, and like that's like why the academy back. is important. That's why the academy well, exactly. is important. And you look at you look at okay, yeah, great point, Christian. Because again, do you remember fucking what was it? Was it last season or season before? I can't remember where the Chelsea Academy, but like the under 18s. I think they were, yeah, I think it was under 18s. They did what's called the Checker Trade Trophy in England, which is like what League Two. Um, maybe even League One, like the lower division teams play, but high, high tier teams like Chelsea uh, with great academies actually put their academy players in. So suddenly these kids, like 16, 16, they're all about 16, 17, are playing against like 35-year-old professional footballers. And we got to the final, right? We got to the final. Um, eventually, like fatigue and physicality won out with I don't know if Lincoln won it or something but it's a cup it's like a, a low tier cup final but these guys are all like 35 maybe played in higher leagues in their career and whatever they they're whatever club now but it just goes to show and there was like signs a bit where they put a tackle on them a Chelsea defender a 16 year old and they were starting fights with these 35 year old men and going get the fuck off him and do you know what I mean like That's... there was this bond between them this bond in Chelsea DNA and they've grown up together and they've watched the Lampards and they've watched the Terriers and they're like yes that's us and sadly none of that fight in DNA is currently in this team and I don't want to I don't want to go like proper football man and be like oh we need the proper fat in Chelsea back mate do you know what I mean yeah. and like because it's not about that anymore. I'm all for the evolution. I believe Sari should stay, but I feel like there needs to be there needs to be someone to come through and be like, you know what? This there needs to be up. a player on the team that has a sack and says, mm. "Hey, bro, cut the shit, mm. cut the shit. Enough is enough." There needs to be somebody on the team. There needs to be somebody quietly, publicly, whether only two people know about it. Sorry, and that player that says, "Hey, look, do me a favor." That lineup, the next time you put it out, it better be the guys that are willing to win, that are dying for us. Because no yeah. more, no more. What, it, there, there, there has to be somebody. And I don't know. I mean, bro, we don't, we don't know. We don't know if that conversation has already taken place and it's taken place multiple times. We don't know what's yeah. happening behind closed doors, whether a guy like Marcus Alonso, which if Marcus Alonso, and I felt the same way for, for, for Conte, for, for, for Jose Mourinho, for anybody that has put on a, a bat that's worn the badge all over their heart and that has yeah. been employed by the club, mm. I've always you felt see, the same way. Is that I want to root for you to win. You are, we are together in this. I don't mm. want anybody in Chelsea to fail. Nobody. I hated Morata. I thought that I wanted this guy <laughs> gone. But if he woke up one morning, he was like, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm done with the games. 
I'm going to be the best striker, and he started showing it, I'd be back on his side. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just like, I, where I need to see the same thing. Like, I need to it, it, I need to see something from Alonzo. If Alonzo tomorrow turned oh, good, dude. I'd be back on his team. But he's not. I know what you mean. You he, know what he I'm was saying? A and he was a cult hero. The thing is with Alonso is every other fucking team in the league think he's the best left back in the world because they see him score goals. Get and they're the like, fuck out of dude. here. No, get the fuck out of here. They better not. I, they, no, it's if, serious. There was like a if, long time. For a long time, I chat to my friends, United <laughs> friends, and my old flatmate and stuff. They're like, they see how Chelsea are keeping a lot of clean sheets generally. Oh, uh, you know, whatever, second most. I think we're still the second most clean sheets in the league this campaign behind, behind um Even City after today? Yeah, even with today, because we were this, we were. Oh, um, we went like thirteen games. They're probably doing that. Oh, Liverpool have got a game in hand actually, so they might take over if they get a clean sheet in the next game. But um, so whatever. Do you know what I mean? People look at that and they go, "Wow!" But then they see what Alonso's doing on Match of the Day, the show in England that shows you the highlights, and they're like, "Oh, look, mm-hmm. Alonso scored a banging free kick. Oh, he's a header in the box. I oh, scored a sweet left foot volley." You know, like wow, that's your left back. You got goals all over the fucking gaff. <laughs> People don't see the issue of him as a left back. But just just to like go back on um on what we're saying about uh like leaders and stuff, I feel like I love David Louise, right? And he no one can every now and again he does an absolute defensive masterclass performance when he does little shimmy offside traps. Uh he does defensive um, wicked moves in the box, but everyone knows he can be fucking shit in a lot of games, even if he's like a wicked ball player. And he's been at the moment, or certainly recently, we've relied on him spraying long diagonals um, to like a wide player to like to a, create a successful move because sorry ball isn't working. Uh, we can't rely on that anymore um, because sorry ball needs to work. I love David Louise, but I feel like when we talk about that leader from the back, it can't. I feel like it can't be him. Uh, I know, I feel like Christensen's a great ball player, but he's passive. Rudy wants to win and is leaderish, but still ultimately is passive. I feel like Louise maybe needs to needs to be a rotational player and we need to get another starter for that point to be like roaring, maybe an Italian picked by Sari, but an Italian leader. Do you know what I mean? Like a proper like, but <laughs> Benucci in his pomp. Yeah. In his pomp. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I for me, for me, the guy... I always said this like Chiellini looks like he's he he stops. Um, this is why he's one of my favorite defenders of oh, all time. Chiellini's mean man. He he Chiellini looks like he has a face that he stops dog fights with his face. Like he sees two dogs fighting, <laughs> no. and he just puts his face in there like ah, cut the shit. They're well, biting at him. He's like fuck you. Like that's what run, he looks like. You know, when you run at Chiellini, you're fucking terrified. You run at Christensen, you're like meh. Even though I rate Christensen, it's it's that is old old Italian mean looking dog like that's gonna fuck you. Like up. he's the dude. He's the dude. Like you know like. That you want, if you had a choice on who do you want knocking on your door, like I feel like if Bonucci, like if I owe them money, like and if Bonucci knocks on my door, I can be like, listen, bro, like, you know, give me some time, like I can reason with him. Like Chiellini yeah. knocks on my door, I'm like, ah, that's my ass, like that's it, like <laughs> yeah, take my take my car keys, bro. <laughs> but like, but the thing is, as as well, like um. He was, oh yeah, just on like, he was almost like, Keelini is like the Diego, uh, yeah, yeah, Diego Costa, sorry, we of like need, centre-back. So that's the dude we like, need on this team right now. A mean, ugly motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> like, remember like, when Morata first came, he's actually, Morata did really well when he first came, so that's not fair, but, like, okay, Michi Batshuayi, a good poacher, a good finisher, but when he was playing with Costa, 
if you're two centre backs, you're like, oh fucking, you're laying in bed the night before thinking, oh god, it's Costa tomorrow. Be facing Costa, like he's gonna give me all sorts of shit. But if like Mishy Betchwai is starting at you the next day, you're like oh, I'll just go straight to sleep. <laughs> Not because you don't think Mishy can't score goals, but there's just that thing about them, you know. Drogba would give Drogba would give Arsenal defenders nightmares for like mm-hmm. years and years before they even played. You know, they just turn over when they see him. He scored like a one and one against Arsenal. There's these just players that got into people's heads, and I rate Higuain. Like I feel like I felt sorry for him today. I feel like he did a. He played well. Job. I mean, okay, so you know, we've been we like rightly so, we've I, I I feel like we've gone and and beaten the shit out of the players who've done wrong who did played bad today. Who are the players that did played well? The first person that I'm gonna say, and and you mentioned this dude, I think Keppa I haven't I have yet to see this year where I'm like, God damn, Keppa, like you fucked that up. Like Yeah. We even with the amount of goals that he let in, I was like you know, he hasn't done anything to me where I, uh, this year that I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. And that's guy. what's so good. The, the important thing about Kepa is he's been great. Like statistically, he's actually been very good in terms of ball possession, distribution and um, whatever and clearances. And say he's got very good reflexes. He's very cat like. So he, given like a normal settled game and not an absolute rinsing like that. He's actually can pulls off some, he's pulled off some worldy fucking saves actually this season. Mm-hmm. So all things considered the headlines at the beginning of the season, like, Oh my God, like we've signed a keeper for 72 million pounds. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like it's gone under the radar perfectly for the kid. Absolutely. Perfectly. Like the fact how, He's been doing good. People have been praising him now and again, but no one's mentioned the price, the price tag of him once, which nope. is absolutely perfect. And it's perfect for Chelsea, the club, Kepa, the fans. Great signing. Everything. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, great signing. Great signing. But like, I was chatting with my brother-in-law about this, like when we signed him, like I knew who he was because I remember Real being linked with him, but you know, maybe they might have paid 18 million for him, but they decided not to. And then we bought him for 72. Like we were chatting about this, like, imagining not knowing anything about the saga and not knowing about the information and just seeing this transfer and not seeing the world cup. Like my, my brother-in-law was saying like, imagine like, Oh, how, why have we signed this dude? I guess like he must've like benched De Gea in the world cup and Spain won the world cup and he made all the saves and then scored a winning penalty in a penalty shootout on the world cup and, <laughs> and Courtois got injured and we had to sell him. You know, we were like making up this like joke scenario where we paid 72 million for like this I, I don't, I don't look at it as 72 million. I look at uh 10 million a year. I, for yeah, some reason and, and that's just minus makes... 30, 35 for Courtois. Yeah. Like it just seems like a lot more reasonable, like at 10 million for seven years. Like the cool thing is dude, Christian, that I don't think any Chelsea fans got a problem with Kepa. Yeah, and no, that, no, no. That's all. And, and, and a season that's dividing fucking everyone, everyone unites like, yeah, Kepa's dope. So I think that's the important thing yeah. about him. So who's somebody else? I thought, you know, I thought, I thought Iguain did did as well as he possibly could have. Like, oh man, he, yeah, he caught the ball a few times well. Yeah. And now he, he remember, he provoked a worldy save from Edison. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, yep. that would have been like, if he scored that goal, the headlines have been like poor Higuain as Chelsea fucking sink, which I still feel like should be the headlines anyway. Yep. Hazard, Hazard hates losing. He, no matter how happy-go-lucky Hazard is, like I, I, um, 
I mean, I, I, I think Iguain did really well. I felt sorry for him all game, but I, I'm, I do want to, I know we probably want to wrap it up quite soon, but I, I do want to talk about Hazard with yes, you if, if you're yes. called. No, 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 like, no, no, no. I, 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 yeah. I, uh, I wanted okay. to get to Hazard. Um, first, okay, so like, let's split this up. Let's talk about today and then let's talk yeah. about uh, tomorrow, meaning, meaning like the summer, meaning. Yeah, everything. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so today, right? Yeah. My, I feel I did feel sorry for him, but I feel like his head kind of dropped a little bit, as is the whole team. And it doesn't. Hazard is inclined to do that sometimes, but he's some a lot of the time he's surrounded by shit performances, and it's difficult to try and constantly carry a team on your back every fucking game, mm-hmm. or certainly every game that your team's not performing. And no matter, I love Eden Hazard. I'm telling you right now, he's my favorite football player. Um. My favorite at the moment that's playing. He's my favorite Chelsea player of all time behind Frank Lampard. Um, and I love Zola as well, but I feel like he was too old when he came to Chelsea to be like as high regard as I as I hold like those players. But um he there's happy and go lucky and playful and jokes he is, and that's like on the on the fucking training ground and in the media too much if you ask me. But re- regardless, he does know he's very good. And when he's on a drubbing like that, he doesn't have the Frank Lampard JT's attitude of like, no, I'm not having this. He, his head does drop a little bit. And I feel like it did today. A few good combinations. He showed, look, I'm holding up the ball against five defenders in their box. Look what I'm doing. I'm good. Can someone else help me here? And then eventually that fizzled away with the team performance. But um, how do you feel? Do you, do you, what do you think about him today, dude? I felt like, <laughs> I felt like uh, when we conceded the first couple of goals, uh, he he, it felt like he was trying to get us back into it. Mm. He, I I you know he had a shot on goal that I was like okay he had a couple of plays where I'm like okay, but I just listen I I remember I remember I'll never forget the first time I played organized uh sports. We I was on a team so bad so bad we did not score a single point. Throughout mm. the whole year. I was a little kid, but I, I do remember yeah, this lesson sticking with me. Like, oh, fuck. Like, just the the dread. Like, I, I love playing the game, but this this sucks. And I felt like that I wouldn't be surprised if, if he got him into a room that he knew that he could speak freely and, like, his words wouldn't carry out of the room. Mm. He would have said something along those lines like, Bro, it's hard, man. It's hard when you're getting your mm. ass kicked. And mm. you know. He, you gotta know. Like, what in that spot today, in the spot that they needed today was to attack. Go at the goal. You know, go, 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 go. Well, uh, apparently that was the game plan. Yeah, it yeah, looked like it. Yeah, before, direct, yeah. direct, 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 direct. And then at mm. times, like, you're seeing the ball getting past... Left and right, left and right. Uh, Pedro getting the ball and doing who knows what. Barkley getting not the ball. running into the spaces. Yeah, like, 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 get, you know, knowing everybody knows. Man City knows what you guys, what Chelsea needed to do to get back into the game. Chelsea knew these guys are pros. They know. They all know what needs to be done to get back into the games. It's got to be disheartening. For a guy like an offensive player like Eden Hazard or any of those players that want to win the game, should be, uh, a guy that should be playing the Champions League yeah. every single season. Like, it's like, been like not for the free of the last 
or how many yeah. Whatever, yeah you gotta you gotta feel like 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 i would yeah like bro like i need we need to get the ball forward we need to get the ball at the net like we gotta keep shooting like I, i'm looking you mentioned the stats uh, with with the game mm. um you mentioned the stats with the game and i i brought them up here and bro we shot the ball at the net 12 times chances created 10 big mm. chances one yeah i mean it's deep man yeah do you, okay, what do you think two, what, all right so let's okay go for it and then we'll talk about tomorrow and then we'll wrap it up well i was gonna say i want to just talk about the, the the big picture of hazard man if you're cool to yeah, sort of yeah go it. for it go for it okay so right hazard loves chelsea no matter what you say okay because um agreed because I, the the thing the thing what people say with hazard he, he joined in 2012 to join to win the champions league you know he's super young but he like um you know he'd done well in france chelsea had just won the champions league or the champions of europe big club in london he like looked up to didier drogba loads um and he just thought you know what yeah sweet chelsea for me and ever since like although we haven't won the champions league he won the europa league straight away i think um uh, he scored some great goals. We were good to him. We recognised his talent at a young age. We didn't ever give him any issues. He might have had that bit of shit with Jose for for a while, but we were always good to him. We've signed both his brothers to mm-hmm. like keep them happy. His family's very happy. He go he goes shopping in the fucking Cobham where they all live. Is like um fifteen minutes away from where I live. Yeah, explain to that. Like, give me give me. I grew up in a I grew up in a town, uh, where the Miami Dolphins like like it was it's very common to see an NFL player so give yeah, me give so, me some context with that okay, with, with yeah, so you okay. will, I, don't, I don't there's a small Waitrose which is a supermarket like a store in England right and it, well no it's a big store like branch or company or whatever but there's like a relatively small one in the town they live Cobham it's quite rich but like it's next to a motorway and like it's a nice little place but he goes shopping with his kids and they all just sit on the trolleys he fucking pushes it and you know, people leave him alone because they're all a bit posh. But you know, he just he doesn't he's not like secluded. He's a really chill family man. You might have seen he doesn't have a trophy room. He doesn't even have a trophy cabinet. He gives all his trophies to his kids as toys. Like plays them. He's just happy to be a family man and you know, whatever. And he is internally grateful to Chelsea. It's never been about money, although we've given him we've, you know, compensated him adequately for his level of talent. Uh, and he's won Premier Leagues, he's won PFA, you know, he, 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 above all, he loves to be loved. Now, that's an important factor because his only, his only destination they'd want to go is Real Madrid. Now, Real Madrid whistled the greatest player they've ever had. Well, I don't know about, you know, you can talk about Zidane and stuff and whatever, but they whistled Ronaldo when he was like winning loads of Champions League for him and booing him and stuff. Hazard. I love him. He won't deliver. No matter, he's a different player to Ronaldo and might be able to play make better than Ronaldo, but he will never replace Ronaldo goals ever. And if people are whistling Ronaldo for doing being match winners for them, what the fuck are they going to do to Hazard at times? And no matter what he does at Chelsea, he'll able, people sing his name. We love him. And he knows that and he enjoys that. So all that is considered, right? But before the World Cup, before these um, these comments that he made about about a year ago or just over a year ago, that was about a year ago. Um, I can't I can't mention who, but I met someone in London who who 
knows him on a casual basis and has a through a, through a type of work I, I can't really talk about no worries it's, and, and nor is it it's that's yeah. not important to the story the yeah, important, that's not to, important. That's not important. The important basically, to the story is I, what okay. he said yeah yeah, go yeah, for yeah. It. in terms in terms of authenticity as well i recognize this dude and when he talks about knowing hazard we were both drunk at a bar and i like that's probably why he was talking too much but like um I didn't believe him, but then I did recognize him and he told me who he was. And then I actually did recognize him and it checked out and it's the exact guy who I thought he was. And therefore he's telling the truth. Uh, and he says, yeah, man, he loves Chelsea. But he says, if, if he says if Real Madrid comes in, he's going. And this was like way before he started making the clinical, you know, play with the media. People thought it might be for a contract. It's, I'm telling you now, Christian, it's not. He said for a long time, I love the club. But it's as a little kid, he just this, he's not from West London. Yeah, he didn't know who Chelsea FC were when he was a kid. He knew who fucking Real Madrid were when he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, he's like, oh Zidane, I grew up idolizing him. It's not about Zidane managing Real Madrid anymore. He doesn't. I mean, that would have been great, but it's about him being in that white shirt like Zidane was. Like you know, like that's what he. It's idolizes. fulfilling a dream. It's fulfilling, it's fulfilling a, dream. a dream, bro. You can like right, okay, so you can be in love with some girl that you that she's like giving you everything you've ever wanted but if there's like your Even dream threesomes? girl if she's giving yeah, me threesomes this current girl's giving you threesomes she's letting your two brothers have a go on her friends she's what? Giving everything. she's giving you everything and you appreciate that and she's a nice person and you're like but the girl who you grew up falling in love with that you knew yours your destiny to eventually be with is is calling for you and it's her last chance because she's on the train and that train's going away bro that's going away and you turn back to this girl like i love you too differently and i never want to hurt you i'll always remember you in my life in my story i'll write you in my fucking book but if i don't get on that fucking train now i'll let it go and i'll live my life in regret and i know this is a fucking weird poetic analogy. no i understand bro especially yeah, 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 the threesome part i get that like I, you got me there <laughs> Like, I know. Right, <laughs> well, that's it. That's it, isn't it? So anyway, so it's a long-term thing. He'll, and another thing, like I know this sounds dumb as fuck, but I always feel bad for Hazard because he doesn't know what to do, man. Because he, he doesn't want. He sees what happened to Courtois and how Courtois completely burnt all his bridges with Chelsea and his Chelsea legacy. Even at Atletico too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. And he did it with fucking Genk when he went to Chelsea before he went to Atletico. You know, he, he, he's like, just that type of dude. The snake is just that guy. He's just, a, he's just yeah, an he's asshole. A, he's an asshole, man. Yeah. So anyway, Hazard's terrified of that because he realizes what Chelsea gave to him. But that's exactly that's exactly fucking why, dude. Why he's been doing this media stuff. Like, I love Chelsea, but this is my dream. Everyone's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Why are you talking pundits? Why is he talking so much? Because this is the only way he can think how conditioning fans to be like, look, I love you, but this is something I want to do. Like, I can't just one day mic drop, like after like win the title and disappear to Real Madrid and tarnish my legacy. I need to condition the fan base. I need to condition the league that I do love Chelsea, but I also want to leave. And, and today's social media shitstorm, how do you do that? Do you know what I mean? And this is the only way he feels like he can. Like, uh, look, I mean, I won't be happy at Chelsea if, if Real Madrid don't come in and they don't want me. Of course I'll stay at this club that's given me everything. But if there's a chance, I need to let you guys know by sort of reminding you every now and again, like, and, the, and Real Madrid every now and again, that yes, you know, probably if I could go, I will, but I don't want to hurt you guys. Do you know what I mean? So I understand. I 100% understand what you mean. Yeah, like, so that's my deal with it, you know? It's it's it, I I had um after the World Cup I did a uh transfer podcast with Joe Tweedy, and nice. he's a G by the way. Uh, Joe Tweedy's the motherfucking Godfather. All respects to the Don, mm. the People's Champ, 
to the Godfather, <laughs> Joe Tweedy. Uh, yeah. That guy's that guy's the man. Um, <laughs> but I I wanted to set the expectation. Everybody was like, "Oh, that was when." Uh, again, the whole is he staying? Is he going? And I and mm. I, I, I and I immediately set the expectation uh, that I wasn't going to be asking Joe about that. And the reason mm. why is it's clear to me what the situation is. If Real comes, I go. If they don't mm. come, I'm happy to stay. Yeah, it's, simple. Exactly. It's, 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 it's that simple. It's that simple. It's that simple. And so, which leaves us as Chelsea fans, and we'll end this here. We all need to print out. I need everybody to do me a favor. Uh, Yannick, starting with you. Go on. I need you to go online, mm. type in Google. I want you yep. to search for a player. His name is Neymar. Okay. I want you to print his picture out. Then I also want you to type in Real Madrid. And I want you to take their crest. And I want you to print that out as well. Yeah. Next to your bed, I want you to get a little frame, a little area. And I want you to place it there. And is this some a- like rich, satanic ritual you're trying to get me to no, do? No, this is a, a dream board, okay? We are <laughs> all. I don't care what religion you are, what. If you are a man of science, a woman dude, of science, dude. or not, that, we all that, need to pray to okay. whatever, whoever we well, all pray to. Praying, Christian, that not, Neymar they, they goes want, to Real. They, That's they all want, we have to do. They want Neymar. They always wanted Neymar. They wanted Neymar before Barcelona got him, Florentino Perez. Their their list right now on targets is Neymar and Mbappe, and that probably Hazard yeah. slash Ericsson. And the reason being. This is another reason why I love Hazard, because he's not a fucking marketing dream. He's like Neymar, you buy Neymar, you buy you make so much money because of world marketing. Yep. Even Mbappe. Mbappe's the fucking darling of yep. football now. He's a World Cup winner. He's literally doing what Pele did when he scored in a World Cup final as a teenager. I know he's like playing in PSG and stuff, but He's so likable, um, Mbappe. He's not a diver. He's not a fucking like pussy like Neymar. He's a baller. He's a really he's an he's absolute a, he's a baller. He's an absolute fucking baller, dude. And he won the league on at eighteen with fucking Monaco. He's killing it. He's an absolute baller. Real Madrid want Mbappe. They want Neymar for their like you know for their marketability. But the fact of the matter is, Hazard's gonna have twelve months left in his contract, and they're probably gonna be able to get him for eighty million. Who is an absolute world? Well, he's still Galactico. Hazard's still obviously a Galactico style player, but he's going to be 80 million instead of 300 million. And, he's and they're, and they're doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, he, Ronaldo played fucking till he was like early 30. If they can get four four prime years out of Hazard, Hazard's True. easily going to be good when he's 32. True. They have four prime years. Then he's worth 80 fucking million, dude. Virgil van Dijk as a defender is 75 million. Had Eden Hazard for 80 million at 28. Of course, you know, apparently Real have got money problems as well. So, so well, think about that, dude. Although he's not the top target in terms of what they'd like to bring to the club, because they got loads of youth coming through, Vinicius Jr. is a big one. And, you know, there's they got Isco, Asensio, they can get another striker. They should get another fucking striker and buy Harry Kane. Or buy Ricardo. Harry Kane. That's another thing yeah. I need you to do. Print out a picture of Harry Kane. <laughs> Harry Kane. Erickson. All these guys. I need you to, everybody to print out pictures and assemble a, a shrine, board. a dream board. You call it a dream board, but why are you making me smear blood and like <laughs> cans, bro? 
<laughs> bro you get it's for the cause you gotta do what you gotta do we we all need real madrid to sign neymar it blocks hazard's path we have to do these things we cannot we need mbappe to stay in france do not go to spain mbappe stay in yeah. france don't yeah. be the face of french football own the country for yourself do yeah, that why not man do, do that they, the thing is as well like what like in this like difficult time imagine if i know it's a bit of a joke in england if the club backs the manager it's called like the fucking whatever it's called it means you're, they're going to get fired if they give the, the manager the full support i can't remember the term uh, it, it, wait 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 it's uh wait wait in for real madrid no, 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 no. In um, in England, there's like a, I've had a few beers now, so I'm trying. I'm struggling to. It's, it's a joke that the vote of confidence they call it when them when the board come out and say we're backing the manager. Like it's a joke. It it basically basically means yeah. it always means the manager. Don't tell me. They, don't tell me that information has come out already. No, no, it hasn't. Okay. I'm joking. I'm saying. I'm I'm just saying. Imagine if the board come out and say, look, we're backing. Sorry, this is difficult, but whatever. We we believe in him, and then. What would be the um, the one thing to win all the fans back if Hazard pops up in uh, six weeks and like, yeah, I've just signed up for a five year deal, bitches, you know? And then like it's all and then everything will feel better. That would be just the fucking tonic. But yep. I'm prepared now, Christian man. It's been difficult. I know like we're gonna wrap this up now, but like it's been a difficult time. But Chelsea fans are entitled, man. We've won, we've won, we've won. But it's time to like evolve. We've got the money, we've got the prestige, we've got the trophies. Let's get the evolution of how English football's going and let's keep up with the big boys because that's what Chelsea does. We keep up with the big boys. And we, if that's playing forward thinking football, then we got to do it. Yeah, I agreed, agreed. I mean, I'm on I'm on board. I'm on board. If I mean, if we can do a if this club just to paint the scenario and to end on this. If this club mm-hmm. did the unthinkable, uh, you know, and performed, it went dropped down to 10th place. Uh I mean, or further. I mean, right before relegation, and they say, you know what? Fuck it. We are going all in on Sorry Ball, and this this is rock bottom. If we can hit rock bottom this year and emerge mm. from the ashes like the great Phoenix. Oh, uh, what story? I would be all It'd be in. Great. I'd be all in. I'm all in. Yeah, so would I, dude. I mean, it would be like the absolute opposite of the Chelsea board. So we got to think baby steps, but <laughs> it, it, it's complete. And, and the, the pro- and that and there lies the issue. There mm. lies the issue. This club, I've been seeing it for years now. There is no plan. There is no plan. None whatsoever. You can't tell me we have a plan. You can't tell me that you have two guys. Two guys. You have Callum Hudson-Odoi, Eden Hazard. And you can't tell me the club is going, listen, if one goes, that automatically triggers the other one staying. Yeah, t- number 10 shirt for Callum. The, the c- number 10 shirt automatically it means. And if one stays, automatically that means the other one goes. Hazard signs a five-year deal. I'm sorry, Callum Hudson-Odoi. You got to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because you're not going to, you're not, you know, unfortunately, you, you, you can't just. for both, man. Uh, honestly, we're, but I'm, the thing is that we're looking at a very real scenario where both will go. I'm prepared for it, dude. I'm literally like I'm 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 settling my mind down. I've loved it and how Zod Prawley's done. If he goes, he goes. I'm not Hudson Adoy would look really bad for the club and he might come back to bite us. But if he if he wants to go, just let him go and let's just look at within and in the club. Just the fact that we've got sorry and is just a little baby step of okay, we're changing or trying to change. You know, 
the the proper football men are dying out and a lot of people now Chelsea fans understand about what's working in British, in English football and that is fast possession fast combination football and the club as a winning entity recognize that and they have to stick with that so yep Yannick, Hopefully, brother, we can do it, man. I hope so too, bro. I hope so too. I, I, I really, really, really hope that this is this six zero is rock bottom for everybody, for the players, mm. for the board, for sorry. Yeah, it can't, I, it can't I, get worse. I, I, I really, I mean, shit, it can. But I, I really <laughs> hope that this is it. That they all are taking a look at themselves in the mirror and saying, you know, enough is enough. Yeah, man. I, I really hope so. We can just keep our fingers crossed. Hey, did you print out the picture yes, of Neymar? Did you do that no, for I'm, me? I'm, do, I'm doing that as soon all as right, we have right. finished the podcast. All right, all right, all right. Everybody, I want you to, I want you to all print out pictures of Neymar. It's clear. Neymar blocks no hazard. Me, mm. Neymar blocks hazard. We're all building our 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 uh, what is it? Dream board. Okay. Dream board. Law of attraction. Dream all that board jazz. FC. That's what we're called. Yes, Dream board FC. All right, boys and girls. <laughs> Yannick. If people Yo. want to listen to your amazing podcast, how can oh, they do that? Thank you so much, brother. Yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed them um, this conversation with me guesting on Christensen's Wicked Podcast. Yeah, if you do want to listen to me, um, hit me up, Yannick on Chelsea, Y-A-N-N-I-C-K, Yannick on Chelsea, available across all platforms. It's uh, me, I'll just get different uh, guests on. I'll have to get Christian, um, Christian on soon to do a pod if he's agree, agreeable to that. I agree. Okay, there it is. It's settled. I'm getting your homeboy on, so you got to come and subscribe to me <laughs> if you want to hear him. I'll get him on hopefully in the next few weeks. And uh, yeah, come check me out and at Chelsea Yannick on Twitter. So, Absolutely. Yeah, My brother, thank you so much. Uh, everybody, Pleasure, this is the end of the interview. All right, everybody. Hope that was the uh, interview with Yannick. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I had a great time talking to him. Um excellent time and it was about time our two worlds collided man like i had been seeing him on twitter a bunch and uh he uh he runs in the same circles that i do so it was about time that uh he and i got down uh got together and uh had a, got a podcast done so i will be coming back again to you guys what do we have another our next match i mean well shit let's look at the table while i'm here so currently we are in sixth place because of goal differentials. I, 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 it just hurt. Like, I can't believe I just said that. I fucking can't believe I just said that. Sixth place. Sixth place. We came into the game at four. And now we're in six because of goal differentials. Unfucking believable. So a live look at the table. Manchester City, 65 points. Liverpool, 65 points. Goal, goal differential separates the two. Uh, the for guys who give a fuck, fifty four point fifty four goals, uh, to forty four for Liverpool, fifty four to City. Am I reading that correctly? No. The difference is seventy four goals for Manchester City, fifty nine goals for Liverpool. Um, so the difference is fifty four. That's the goal differential. Duh, it's in the name, asshole. And we are in sixth place. Well, City, Liverpool, Tottenham at 60 points. United at 51. Arsenal at 50. Chelsea at 50. The goal differential between Chelsea and Arsenal sits at 16. Um, we've just conceded. 
a ton more. I can't be reading this shit correctly. I'm sorry. My head's not in it right now. Fucking. <sighs> My head's not in this shit. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. So Thursday, Valentine's Day, we play against Malmo. Guys, Valentine's Day, February 14th. Make sure, make sure you don't forget. I'm telling you guys right now, February 14th is on Thursday. Don't fucking forget. Don't show up to your girl's house without flowers, without candy, thinking you're going to just show up, knock, knock, and dick them down. It ain't going to happen like that. Don't forget your mom's. Very important for all the guys out there, like myself, moms is still around. Make sure you take care of them. Take care of that special woman in your life, whether it's mom, whether it's auntie, whether it's grandma, whoever it might be. Make sure you don't forget February 14th is right around the corner. Thursday, get them flowers, get them candy, get them a teddy bear, whatever the case may be. Don't forget, do not let the ladies catch you slipping. And if you are slipping with your girl, with your wife, with a couple of your girls, I mean, shit, I'm not to discriminate out there. Who, I mean, fuck, if you got a boyfriend out there, too, for the ladies and for the fellas that are listening to this shit, man, anybody who's listening to the sound of my voice, anybody, no discrimination here, no discrimination at all. You got a fucking man in your life. Shit. Make sure you don't forget his ass, too. Make sure you don't forget his ass too. So, um, special thing though, like me and my wife, we don't celebrate Valentine's Day on the 14th. We celebrated on the 18th because I sold her a few years ago some on some cold-blooded gangster player shit. I sold her a few years ago like, hey, you're special. I told her, you're special. Why am I going to celebrate Valentine's Day with all the other guys in the world and women in the world all the other couples in the world celebrating on the same day that doesn't make you special let's celebrate it on a different day where only you are the only one that is celebrating valentine's day she was like oh my god you are so so cold so gangster so smooth yes let's change it we will celebrate valentine's day on the 18th instead of the 14th and i was like that's damn right yes we will yes we absolutely will because you my love are special to me and i want you to be the only woman in the world feeling special on that day so my wife and i we celebrate valentine's day on the 18th why the 18th has no significance it's just that it's simple for me her birthday's uh on the 8th her birthday is the 8th my birthday is the 10th obviously not of february of different months but combined together 18 so it's it's good so we're going on a little mini vacation so that's it that's all i got for you guys today um it's tough man showing up to a podcast on on a day where we got our asses handed to us is tough but we're here man we make commitments and we show up to our commitments that's what we do here that's what we do on the all-american chelsea podcast again thank you to yannick please go support his podcast go support him on twitter uh thank you thank you thank you to him 
And if you guys are not following me, All American CFC on Twitter, All American Chelsea on Instagram. I'm always around. I'm always, my DMs are always open. Hit me up. I will always respond. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Um, hopefully under better circumstances, man. Hopefully under better circumstances. I'll talk to you guys after the Malmo game. Um, I love you guys. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your game day. Guys, it's it's tough to say, but you know do your best to not let this match bring you down. Not let you know things that we cannot control like a football match ruin and infect the all our other aspects of our lives man you know try your best i'm guilty of letting it happen to me too but we all try our best not to let it happen too much so love you guys talk to you soon i'm out later Rocket shorts in the winter, don't fuck with splinters Roll with sinners, a bunch of winners Catered lunch and dinners Why my truck jar looks so empty Drop a hook and then I'll probably cop an M3 Long night, that's in the event Somebody tried to get me, then to heaven they'll be sent Oh, off the strength, caviar and Porsche taste All the beans are getting bushed and baked On thin ice, I skate across the lake with the CCM tax, my feet are like cashes. Smoke premium cabbage. Blow a kiss to my dick. Wash my body with the sponge. Feed me flavor rices. Put the chronic in my lungs. Tailor me a leather suit. On some Jodeci shit. By coastal man, we both to be rich. Sunny weather, sunny weather.